It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Or Happy New Year. Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. We hope you had a Merry Christmas and we welcome you at the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We take you up to New Year's Eve. At midnight. Wow. I'm just you're right you're thinking about what I'm, bowl game is going on right now. <laughs> I'm confused because the Orange Bowl is taking place right now. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm perplexed by this. But, wow. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Off to a flying start. Ryan Epling along with Rick Marone and Joe Limble with you till midnight tonight. We've got scores from across the Mountain State on this fourth week of the show, December the 30th. Last basketball Friday night in West Virginia of 2016. Fourth show of the season already. Just moving right along as we head toward March and semifinal Friday of the boys basketball tournament, which is our uh, final show of the year. But still, quite a ways from that. Long ways to go. And Coach Marone, even though it is a long way to go, we just keep plugging right along. Keep plugging along. And, uh, Ryan, exciting show tonight. Uh, a lot packed into the show tonight. Uh, that's called a tease right there. But we have a lot uh, for folks tonight and a lot of tournaments going on right now, holiday tournaments, a lot of teams traveling uh, to other parts of the country. And, and Joe, that's one of the things exciting for me is you get to see what we get to see throughout the season kind of showcased in some really premier events really from Florida to all the way up the, the East Coast. Most people try and get into some more tropical climates, if you will. Uh, Go during south. The, yeah, this time of year. And, of course, we had a Coach Paris from North Marion was on uh, last week's show. His team headed south, has done well. Uh, we'll catch up with them and some of the, the scores that uh, those uh, the Lady Huskies have had uh, uh, as well. But I tell you what, it is an exciting time for hoops. And as you mentioned, there's bowl games going on, there's football going on, but uh, we're here all about basketball and uh, should be a great show tonight. Yeah. There is. When we when we came on, Ryan said we've got scores from across the state, and I'm looking at the scoreboard. And I'm thinking, you know, we're all over the country. <laughs> We've even got a new school to report on from the left coast. Yeah, yeah even forced Ryan to do some research. research I mean, yeah. that was a, a, an epic uh, event in itself because they had a mascot that he wasn't familiar with. Uh, it took a while to get through Spanish for me back in the day. And uh, Hablas Espanol. No, uh, no hablo Espanol. ¿Cómo se llama? Yo hablo Inglés. Yes. But uh, nonetheless, uh, yeah, we're going to go through all the scores tonight. And we'll also talk about some games that happened earlier this week. There were some amazing finishes through the state of West Virginia. We'll have some some calls, some video of that available on uh, our website, basketballnight.com, on Facebook under the RSM page on Facebook Live. And... uh, and I'm being told, and on here, and I don't quite know what that means because, quite frankly, everywhere. Oh, we're going to have video now. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're on the show. It's part of the show. That's what I meant, guys. Come on. Tune that in on your radio. I, I know it sounds weird because I'm talking to what sounds like myself there because no one hears the other voice. But uh, nonetheless, hey, we have a good time. It's the magic of radio, and we like to you know joke around with it and, and not take ourselves too seriously. We have a good time here. Fastest three hours in radio is what we call it. We know you're here looking for scores. There were some big games across the state tonight. So that were very highly um, looked forward to and uh, lived up to the billing. Let's do our first scoreboard update. We'll let Coach Marone get the boys, and we'll let uh, Joe get the girls' scores. 
Looking for scores? Look no more. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Your first scoreboard update as scores uh, come tumbling in uh, here on our holiday edition, our last edition of 2016. On the boys' side tonight, first, Parkersburg Catholic. The Crusaders get a 55-53 win over Shady Spring. Also on the boys' side, this is a halftime score. Lincoln County and Doddridge County locked up. It's 25-23. The Lincoln County Panthers with the lead in that one. Also uh, today, Tuck Valley, the Panthers get a big win over Union City, Tennessee, 65-48 to in that one. North Marion falls to Irvine, California, the Vaqueros. Yeah. And we'll tell you what that is a little <laughs> bit later in the program. That's also called a tease, but North Marion falls 61-54, to that game in Disney. Also today, Morgantown, 58-47 to over number one Fairmont Senior. The Polar Bears fall to Morgantown. Also, GW, 88-48 over Hurricane. A big win for the Patriots over the Redskins. The Applemen of Musselman, 52-33 winners over Woodgrove, Virginia. Point Pleasant gets a 75-45 win over Eastern out of Reedsville, Ohio. Scott falls tonight to Herbert Hoover. The Huskies, 54-42 winners over the Skyhawks. Huntington in a big-time battle with South Charleston. 59-55, to the Highlanders get the win over the Black Eagles. And our last score in at this point, Woodrow Wilson in the battle for the Armory. It's a halftime score. They're over First Love Christian Academy, 40-36. to And, Joe, you got to look at the girls' side. Yes, sir. In a double overtime, the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers defeated the South Charleston Black Eagles 76-69. It was Gilmer County over the Nicholas County Grizzlies 49-43. And a final from the Disney tournament, it was North Marion over Middleton South 70-54. It was Winfield over Philip Barber 53-44 and a couple partial scores at the end of the third quarter it is the Parkersburg South Patriots over the Parkersburg Big Reds 57-44 and at the half it's the Robert C. Bird Eagles leading the Bearcats of Grafton 26-15 and that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard so what is a vaquero you may ask (laughs) a vaquero is a cowboy or a cattle driver I like cattle driver. I think that that should have been the name right rolling, there. Rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> the cattle drivers. Irvine, California. Irvine High School uh, playing North Marion down at Disney. So you had California versus West Virginia in Florida today. And, um, you know, just a, a fun event there. Obviously, also you look back at the boys game, Huntington beating South Charleston, uh, coming back from 15 points down to do so. And that was a South Charleston team. That, that kind of went into that game a little bit wounded, not necessarily on the floor, but just from a pride standpoint because earlier in the week they were handled by Musselman, uh, and that game was at South Charleston earlier in the week as well. So uh, big win tonight for Huntington, and still a good showing for South Charleston. Uh, I know it hurts when you, when you fall short like that, but it was a good bounce-back effort for them uh, tonight in that defeat. So... Uh, Huntington's boys get the win. And then Buckhannon Upshur's girls getting a win over South Charleston. I think a lot of people kind of question just how good is Buckhannon Upshur. Pretty good. Um, Huntington's girls have beaten South Charleston earlier this week in a, in a pretty low-scoring game. So, um, you know, those, those are teams that are considered to be the top flight of AAA girls. You have Morgantown's boys beating Fairmont Senior tonight. Uh, 
matchup of the reigning AAA boys champs against the reigning AA boys champs. And Morgantown saw its 31-game uh, winning streak snapped in dramatic, shocking fashion, not necessarily who they lost to, but the way the game ended earlier this week. We'll have more on that as well uh, a little bit later on in the, in the program. But yeah, South Charleston had lost at Musselman earlier this week, uh, 71-59, to before coming back and losing at home tonight to Huntington, but in a, in a great ball game. So what's that all mean? Uh, about what we always think it means. Night to night, anything can happen, but sometimes, Coach, uh, you really can't, put a lot of stock into carrying those over because matchups make games yeah matchups are what it's all about and uh again uh, some of these even cross-state matchups you talk about Musselman and South Charleston and I uh, tell you Buchanan Upshire the girls I know uh, we had their coach on just a couple weeks ago uh, that's a big win for them I think uh, they've uh, not necessarily been a team that's kind of come out of out of nowhere but they've really kind of launched herself onto the statewide stage and to go uh to get a win over south charleston by seven again uh you mentioned maybe people thought maybe they got exposed a little bit against lincoln i don't think so i think they're the real deal they go to two overtimes to get that win tonight they've got a huge test coming up uh uh, after the first of the year with uh, with North Marion's girls, you talk about a Big Ten matchup. That is a big matchup, Joe. And I think Buchanan Ups are for real. And tonight, I think just validates that. I think you're I think you're right. But then I take into consideration the holidays. You know, these kids are they're off their schedule. They're they're used to going to class and they're going to practice or going to a game. You know, you had you're on the winter break, you're the holiday break, and then you know you've got some games thrown in there. As a coach, how does that affect your team? Well, I tell you what, you're exactly right. I think you do. Uh, a lot of times it's like those Saturday games. Sometimes on a Saturday game you'll bring them in, have a shoot-around, try and keep them in somewhat of a similar schedule. But we would be foolish to think that kids' schedules are not out of whack over the break. It's uh, great to see how they react to that because if you do advance in the tournament to regionals and state even, you could be playing at 9.30 in the morning. You could be playing at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I think that's the place where the tournaments can have a lot of value for you. How do your kids react when you're on the road, you're away from home playing? And I think some teams are growing from that. But one thing I think, and we talked about this in previous previous uh, weeks I think sometimes those veteran teams that have a little bit more experience are able to handle these tournaments and these travel schedules and I know coaches are trying to help give that experience but I think if you look down through there a lot of those teams that have kind of been into the battles uh, do well there Ryan mentioned some of the great matchup this week if you look on the boys side of course Polk and Mingo Central went at it this week Uh, Mingo gets a big time overtime win there and Ryan I think Mingo Central obviously with the addition of Jeremy Dillon coach Kevin Hatfield who does a great job his first year my recollection the first time that Mingo Central had beaten Polk it is Polk has now lost two games Ryan and uh, those are within their own uh, with their own own region yes and and that's something to point out too Polk you know let's face it region four in boys basketball kind of gets beat up a little bit um the Big Ten is outstanding in basketball, yep. and but it's split into two regions, so you end up getting four teams out of that outstanding conference to Charleston almost every year. And then you look at uh, Region Four, and typically it's been Polka, and then you know somebody else makes it. Mm-hmm. Well, Polka's lost to Logan and Mingo Central now, and those are two teams that are on the opposite side of their region. Chances are Polka's going to have to beat one of them just to make it to Charleston. So you're looking at. That that path to Charleston looks a little bit more difficult. I think Polk has maybe come back to the pack a little bit, but I also think the region as a whole is better. Yeah, I think it's better, and I think uh, – tell you what, Logan uh, – 
And, Joe, that's kind of in your wheelhouse down there, the area that you cover. Uh, Logan, uh, a proud tradition. Uh, they've been battling their way through AAA here over the last few years. I think the move to AA for the Wildcats is going to put another spin, not just on Region 4, but on Class AA basketball because Logan's a player, and I think that they're going to make some noise. You throw them in there, now you've got Mingo Central. That whole region uh, has really kind of taken a shape that I don't know that everybody realized just how strong Region 4 was going to be. You know, when we talked to Coach Green, he was, you know, talking about that. You know, he's a first-year coach. Uh, They're running a totally different program than Coach Hatcher ran last year. And then, you know, you throw into the mix, you know, all these other things. One of their key players is out with an injury. So, you know, they, they keep hitting the brick wall. But last week or so, Logan has really stepped up their game. If you want to give us a call, the phone number one eight five five seven eight hoops. That is eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven. Also, you can tweet us at hoops underscore roundup. Visit basketballnight.com. It has all of the information of how you can get a hold of us and be a part of the program here tonight. Of course, a little bit later on uh, in the show, we're going to talk with uh, Emily Saunders from Wyoming East. She put up a stat line, guys. I mean, I I had to look at it a couple of times uh, just to be like, wait, did, did I see that correct? <laughs> Tell you what, I got to witness, uh, we were in the state tournament several years ago, and uh, Roethlisberger actually related to Big Ben, I think it was his <laughs> niece, we played uh, Magnolia, Magnolia right? in the state tournament. I think she swatted 12 or 13 shots and set a state, state tournament record. And when I saw the line this week that uh, Emily Saunders put up, that paled in comparison. And I know uh, we're going to speak with her a little bit uh, later into the show, but uh, amazing <laughs> That's all I can say. Thankfully, she didn't reject the interview. I mean, I mean she just – Well, Bo would have called a foul on her, I'm sure. I mean, he don't let you lock shots. No, no, no Bo, Bo doesn't like that. Uh, and as I joke, that stat line reminded me of what Rick Marone's defensive numbers looked like when he guarded Bo. So, yeah. You know, we're going to hear about that at some point. If Bo's out there already listening, we're going to hear about that. But Phones are ringing. Yeah, yeah Bo, don't call just yet. But anyway, we'll start, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Emily Saunders. We'll talk about that outstanding game she had earlier this week. And it was against a really good team, too. We'll talk about that and much more as Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communication careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. In today's economy, it's just as common for companies to merge and go out of business as it is for workers to change jobs. As a result, retirement plans can be left behind, lost or forgotten about until it's time for workers to retire. Even in the best of circumstances, workers can have questions about or problems with their retirement plans but not know where to turn for help. That's where Pension Help America comes in. Found online at pensionhelp.org, Pension Help America connects Americans to resources that can help them find answers to questions about their retirement plans. By guiding you through a simple series of questions, Pension Help America will put you on the path to finding the help you need. Pension Help America is a website of the Pension Rights Center. 
a nonprofit consumer organization dedicated to protecting and promoting the retirement security of American workers, retirees, and their families. If you have a question about your retirement plan, visit pensionhelp.org. That's pensionhelp.org. A public service message from the Pension Rights Center. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Neil Armstrong or Louis Armstrong? Roberto Clemente or Walter Cronkite? Rosa Parks or Sally Ride? You're the right age to do something you can be remembered for. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s or beyond, any age is the right age to donate the gift of life. Learn how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 916 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on this December 30th, 2016. Hope you're getting prepared for the New Year's, which is coming up. <laughs> hope you had a good days. Christmas. We hope your Christmas went well, yes. And, well, well, you know, we'll bring that back throughout the course of the show. I will not live that one down. But anyway, um, guys, I think we all know one of the storylines throughout the early part of the season has been the reigning double-A girls state champion, Wyoming East. Uh, ball club, very young last year. Coach Marone, you saw them firsthand. Good basketball team and uh, a team that brought a lot back this year. And uh, they, they were bit by the injury bug. Gabby Lapardis uh, out for the year. Um, they've also had some illness, some just some nagging type injuries too, and really kind of a slow start for them, a little bit sluggish. But at the same time, uh, already starting to see them maybe start to turn that corner a little bit. Yeah, I think uh, they have a very challenging schedule, and I think that's uh, something that uh, Coach Monsini does. That uh, their kids really rise to the occasion. Uh, those kids are very successful. A lot of them uh, play travel ball throughout the summer, see top competition, and uh, you've seen over the last year or two that uh, the Lady Warriors have really taken on all comers. And uh, like you said, it may have appeared to struggle a bit early with some of the things they were facing, but they appear to be finding their stride. They've had to kind of retool a bit, but and they've got a lot of weapons. And I think anybody that uh, sells them short. Uh, on making a run this year, uh, do it at their own peril. And, of course, Emily Saunders uh, is the one that sets the table for the Lady Warriors, and uh, they kind of build uh, from her, and she is a force uh, uh, on both ends of the floor. I mean, if you look at their schedule, those losses were against Huntington. Uh, they played in the East carter Boyd County Tournament, uh, Hoops Classic at South Charles. So, I mean, these are teams they normally don't face. And, and they, they again, it's not like this, this team has been putting out poor performances in those losses either they've been very competitive and, and like i said i think they're starting to turn a corner in, in in fact earlier this week they picked up a win over martinsburg 66 to 49 i want to read you a stat line now and uh this will segue into our into our first guest of the night uh first off jazz blankenship 25 points big night for uh for, for her but here you go emily saunders on the night nine points okay solid night 16 rebounds yeah, she, she's going to put up 16 to 20 rebound nights about once a week or so. Right. 18 blocked shots. Hmm. 18 <clears throat> blocked shots. That is probably one of the 20 best individual block shot game performances in 
noted basketball history <laughs> in girls basketball. Uh, the record's 25, uh, set by Candace Parker several years ago. But uh, 18 is believed to be a state record. Well, I'll tell you, Ryan, what people don't understand is, is how much skill that is. I mean, it's timing, it's, it's body positioning, and it's work. I mean, she works hard on both ends of the floor, and everybody thinks, well, you can just get in there and, sw- and, and to block shots and do it correctly uh, is a skill in itself, and she's mastered that, and uh, it changes the game. I would like to see the stat on how many shots were changed that maybe she didn't get uh, credit for a block, but that were missed shots just because of uh, the force that she she was bringing in the, in the middle of the defense. Well, let's just ask her about it. Emily Saunders <laughs> is on the phone with us now. Emily, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, so let's talk about this here for a second. 18 block shots in a single game. One, did you realize you had that many? No, I did not, honestly. It was really surprising once I heard. And, and tell me how, again, you know, most of us are, are guys who were not – you know, bless the ability to get off the ground and really defend shots like that. But um, to block that many shots, to be that big of a presence inside defensively, I'm, I'm going to guess you probably altered a lot of shots as well. Would that be accurate? Yes, it was very accurate. All right. <laughs> so, so what made this game different to where you were able to just pile up that asinine number of blocked shots? You know, I don't, I don't really think, like, anything made it different. I try to go out every night and, you know, alter, block as many shots as I can because my job is to protect the paint and protect any basketball from going in the basket. That is my job, and I take that job very seriously, and I guess it just it went my way that night. That was a big win over Martinsburg, a team that had come down into southern West Virginia undefeated, had lost to Bluefield the night before, and and then you guys handled them. You guys have had some injury uh, problems to deal with, kind of reshuffling of your lineup almost on a game-by-game basis. Do you feel like maybe you're starting to settle in now a little bit? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, We face so much adversity this season already, and it's been really hard, but we can take positive things out of this. It's made us stronger individually and as a team. Hey, Emily, Coach Marone here. Uh, I tell you what, though, one of the things that I've been impressed with is you guys won the state championship last year, but I still see that you guys are still hungry and you're still working uh, to continue on that journey this year. A lot of teams, I think, sometimes win that state title and they kind of take a step backwards, but you all seem to keep moving forward. And what do you attribute that to? I know you've got a great group, you've got a lot of depth, but uh, you all have to kind of step forward in a leadership role, I'm sure, to keep that hungry attitude to try and get another title. Yeah, I mean, winning state championship is great, but you have to realize after, like, after you win that, you have a bigger target on your back. A lot more teams are going to come after you, and you have to come back facing them stronger than ever. Emily, Joe Linville here. You were talking. We were talking about the rebounds. It sounds like, the, by the way you answered the question, that is a skill set that you constantly work on. You know, a lot of you know basketball players will go out and do just to you know shoot arounds, uh, the free throws, you know, from the floor. But it sounds like you really work on the defensive side of the ball, especially when it comes to block shots. Well, um, these past few days of practice. Uh, we've been really working on screening out and rebounding. And I think doing different drills like that really helped me develop my skill of rebounding and blocking shots and all that. I mean, like, it's not something that just comes naturally. I mean, you have to really work on that stuff to get better at it. 
Hey, Emily, uh, one of the things I think people see with, with your size and stature, I don't think they really appreciate the, the skills that you've got uh, in uh, handling the ball, shooting the ball, as you mentioned, defensively and rebounding. You know, what do you attribute that to? I mean, as you developed as a player, did, did you feel like that there were maybe coaches or people that really emphasized to you uh, that you've got to have a total skill set because you can play out on the floor? I mean, when people I know set screens and you head screens and step out on smaller players, you're able to maneuver around and you're comfortable out there. What do you attribute that to? I mean, again, through, throughout my whole entire basketball life, I was a point guard in middle school. Honestly, I I can play pretty much anywhere. It's just don't put me a point guard now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, promise you, don't do that. Big mistake. But um, I've always worked on like different positions. I'm used to going out of the post. I mean, half of our plays, I'm not just in the post. I'm working at, like everywhere. We like to be versatile and stuff. I'm not the most versatile player on the court, but it's good to have that quality in a player. I tell you what, uh, would you encourage other players? I know sometimes as I see players come up through our program, when they're smaller and they might have a little bit of size, sometimes they get coaches will pigeonhole them up and put them under the goal. But I, it's obvious that you've uh, had a wide experience playing point guard. And would you encourage uh, younger players to make sure and develop their whole game? Because you never know what's going to bring uh, when you get up to the upper levels. Yeah, you, honestly, yeah, you never know. I mean, I've seen players that are taller than me but can easily play like a three or whatever. They can shoot the ball. They can do all of that. So, yeah, definitely explain your game. Emily Saunders, six foot five, sophomore, can play the point guard but doesn't want to <laughs> at Wyoming East, um, joining us on the program. And Emily, and they've been talking about the versatility with the injuries has being versatile really been that much more important because your lineups like i said have been so helter skelter game to game with illness injury um i know you still haven't fully had had your complement of players just yet um has that helped you kind of work through this a little bit yeah i mean like versatility so far hasn't really like it like I haven't really needed to use it yet, but for the other players, they've really stepped up, and I'm really proud of them for doing so. Because, like Megan, she's a three, two, whatever she, but she can play four. She can play. I don't want to say five, but like she can definitely play down there with me. I'm really proud for, of these girls for stepping up like that. Well, Gabby Lapard is kind of known as as being the leader of the the, the team. Kara Sandy also uh, someone who's been a big factor but uh it seems like jazz blankenship has taken up a lot of the scoring uh in their absences so far this season and you talk about people having to step up not only you but also uh, some of your guards that are younger they're they're making uh making waves as well yeah jazz she is so extremely talented i mean she can do pretty much anything she can shoot the lights out any given night um, I'm really, really, really excited to see like how how she's going to perform throughout the season because I don't think as many people looked at her last season as they should have. She's really underrated, and I think she's going to prove a lot of people wrong this season. Emily Saunders of the Wyoming East Warriors girls basketball team. Right now, four and four. I'm going to say they're the best four and four team you're going to find running around out there right now. But Emily, we we appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on that 18 block performance. I hope that gets put in a record book somewhere in girls basketball in West Virginia. And uh, you're a sophomore, so I mean, there's still time to to you know hit 20 or something. No pressure. I might just you stumped her. <laughs> 
Emily, thanks so much for joining us. And again, we'll, we'll, that, that's a player that we're going to follow along uh, her career as well at Wyoming East. We, we, that I mean, like I said, she's six five. She's got a chance to. To, to do something beyond high school. Yeah, she's definitely got the skill set and the, the drive. You can tell that she loves what she does. And I, I tell you what, I've done a lot of interviews and I've coached a lot of players, and there's a lot of people that do embrace whatever role is given them. But she can just, you can tell the, the enthusiasm she has to rebounding and blocking shots. I'd like to bottle that up and share that with some other players because that's not something that uh, really gets a lot of notice unless you do it exceptionally well like she does. What stands out to me from that interview, you're talking about a girl who is ultra talented. Is physically talented, six foot five, and very knowledgeable. Yeah, I, I, I think that that came through there. I think we could talk basketball with her for a long time <laughs> if we wanted to. And she handles herself well for a sophomore. I mean, just oh, yeah, that and, interview. I mean, and she's a, a great sophomore. Job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Fifteen years old, roughly. So there you go. Right. Yeah, don't count them out. You hit it on the head. I think this team is is gelling. And to lose a player the stature that they have with Lepardis, a lot of teams would just fold. Uh, you don't sense that at all. They're just continuing on. And I know uh, Gabby Lepardis is still a big part of that program. But uh, these other girls have really stepped forward, and uh, it's going to be exciting to watch them. Well, what we're going to do now, step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Brandon Gregory, WXCR Radio. He had the call of a Magnolia Girls game against Tyler Consolidated earlier this week. Included a milestone for one player. We'll have that. We'll also talk Buchanan Upshur and their big win over South Charleston. That comes up later on tonight when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Driving Humvees in Afghanistan. Six years treating soldiers. Twelve years flying choppers. When my sister came back from her last tour in Afghanistan, she didn't want to talk about it. But she knew I was there to listen. My son saved lives as a medic in the military, and I always remind him how much his service meant to our country. Sometimes my husband still has difficult memories. They can be overwhelming. With the Veterans Crisis Line, I know where to turn when we need support. I made the call and got support for my sister. I called because I was concerned about my son. We got him connected to care, and it's made a difference. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans and their loved ones. Call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or chat online at VeteransCrisisLine.net. This is the story of Daniel, who was born two months early. His lungs weren't ready. His heart wasn't ready. His parents could only hope that one day he would leave the hospital healthy and they would all live happily ever after. Daniels is just one of the more than 500,000 stories of babies born prematurely last year. You can help the March of Dimes stop premature birth and bring more babies home healthy. Learn how at marchofdimes.com. Working together for stronger, healthier babies. A bullseye rash can be the first sign of Lyme disease, but not everyone will develop the rash. If you've been in areas where Lyme disease is common and develop fever, fatigue, facial paralysis, or joint and muscle pain, seek medical care. Reduce your chances of getting Lyme disease by wearing insect repellent, showering soon after coming indoors, and checking for ticks daily. To learn more, visit www.cdc.gov Lyme. A message from CDC. This is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.31 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along on the program. Hope you enjoyed the interview we had with Emily Saunders as much as we did. We appreciate the Wyoming East sophomore center who can, again, play point guard in middle school. Coach, I want to expand on that before we get to our scoreboard here. Um, I think I think you nailed it so many times. If a player, and it's happened to boys too, happens to be a little bit taller than maybe the rest of the kids. We'll, we tend to see their back stuck to the basket from the time they're, you know, 10, 11 years old, and they don't learn guard skills. I think it's important for players to learn every skill on the floor. Yeah, and I think she's a prime example of that. And uh, the game has evolved so much that uh, it happens. Uh, you might be 5'7 and be in uh, youth league or middle school and they put you under the goal. Well, guess what? When you get to high school, 5'7 <laughs> is guard and 5'9 is guard and 6' foot is guard, and especially if you want to go to the next level. So I encourage all youth coaches and younger coaches to let all the players learn all the skills. Yeah, teach your smallest kid how to be a post and exactly. your tallest kid how to be a guard. Yeah, no question about it. And the way the game's evolved, if you do not have a complete skill set, it's hard to be successful. Everybody has to handle. Everybody has to be able to score the ball, uh, pass the ball, and that's the biggest adjustment I find from even from middle school to high school is some kids get left behind because it becomes a full court game and an open court game. And if you can't handle and pass and run the floor, you have a hard time adjusting. You know, back in our day, you had a center, two forwards, yep. and two guards. Yep. It's not like that anymore. No. You know, it, no. it's either three guards or three forwards. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's just, you know, the way the game has changed over time. Well, guys, our, our call Q is backing up a little bit, so let's let's get to our scoreboard update here, and then we'll we'll get back to the phone lines. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. Taking a look at the boys' scores from across the state of West Virginia, it was Parkersburg Catholic over Shady Spring, 55-53. It was the Nicholas County Grizzlies uh, losing to Winfield, 62-61. It was the Doddridge County Bulldogs. Uh, This is a halftime score. uh, Trail Lincoln County, 25-23. A final from the Carolina Invitational. It was the Tug Valley Panthers over Union City, Tennessee, 65-48. In that Disney tournament we talked about earlier, it was the Vaqueros of Irving, California, defeating the North Marion Huskies, 61-54. It was Lincoln County. We actually have a final on that. It was Lincoln County over Doddridge County, 56-46. It was Southern over Oak Glen, or correction, that was Oak Glen over Southern, 75-62. It was the Morgantown Mohegans over Fairmont Senior, 58-47. The Patriots of George Washington defeated Hurricane tonight, 88-48. It was, or actually at the end of the third quarter, it is the Musselman Appleman leading Woodgrove, Virginia, 52-33. It was Point Pleasant over Eastern Reedsville, 75-45. It was the Highlanders of Huntington over the South Charleston Black Eagles, 59-55. It was Union Local of Ohio defeating Wheeling Park tonight, 55-47. It was the Wahama Falcons over the Buffalo Bisons, 
to 46. And it was First Love Christian over the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles, 73-61. And that was a battle of the honorees. Now, Rick, take a look at the girls' scores. Let's take a look at those girls' scores. A holiday edition here of the Basketball Night Girls Scoreboard for you. The Buchanan Upshur, the Lady Buccaneers get a huge win over South Charleston, 76-69 in two overtimes. Gilmer County, the Lady Titans, defending Class A champions, knock off Nicholas County. The Lady Grizzlies fall 49-43 in the Summersville Holiday Tournament. North Marion, the Huskies, they head south, but they continue to soar 70-54 to over Middletown South out of New Jersey down in Disney. Winfield, the Lady Generals, a tussle with Philip Barber. The Colts put up a good fight, but it was 53-44. to That game uh, also, that was actually the consolation game in that Summersville Tournament. Uh, also on the girls' side, Frontier, Ohio, knocks off the Ritchie County Rebels 54-42. to The Battle of Parkersburg. It happened many years ago. It happened again tonight on the ladies' side. Parkersburg South, 78. Parkersburg Big Red, 69 in that one. And our final score on the girls' side, RCB, the Eagles, 70. The Grafton Lady Bearcats, 38. That's a look at your basketball night scoreboard update. Thanks, guys. And earlier this week, a contest uh, played in girls' high school basketball up in the along the Ohio River. Uh, it was a good ball game. Uh, in terms of you had Magnolia and Tyler Consolidated coming together, going head-to-head in New Martinsville. The Blue Eagles get the home win, 64-39. to That was yesterday. And in that ball game, Kelsey Chapman had her 1,000th career point. Brandon Gregory, WXCR Radio in New Martinsville, joins us now. And, Brandon, always, uh, always good to get to see uh, uh, one of those kids uh, hit a milestone. Absolutely was. Uh, actually, her dad is the head football coach at Magnolia, Dave Chapman, and he he kept it from everybody. I it was I was a late fill in to do the game, and, and I had no idea. And so they stopped. She scored her uh, her thousand points like four seconds to go, and I was like, I'm not sure why there's a stoppage in play. <laughs> he kept everybody in the dark. The only one that know, the only one that knew was him and the head coach. And then as the, as they got closer, the head coach went and told the scores table. Uh, you know, so that way her, on her next bucket they could stop the clock and, and, and you know, do the presentation. So I was like, I, I was clueless as to what was going on. And then, uh, but it was a special moment. And I've known, uh, I've known Dave and, and Pam and, and their two kids, Kelsey and Mallory, for years. Uh, great family, hard workers. Those kids play all kinds of sports. And uh, it, was, it was really special. It was a special moment. And I was glad, uh, you know, by, by some stroke of fate that I was able to be a part of it. So. Uh, a big night for her. She's a great basketball player. About five, 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 six. Uh, she handles the ball well. She rebounds well. She shoots the basketball very well. Uh, she'll be a college. She'll be a college basketball player if she chooses to. Brandon, and obviously, it's it's always good when somebody on radio doesn't know what's going on. I love those times. You know. <laughs> not, not that it ever happens yeah. to uh, you know. Anyway, people don't understand how difficult that can be sometimes. But um, you know, we, you talk about girls' high school basketball in that area. I'll, I'll give you kind of an open forum here uh, for the uh, Mid Ohio Valley area with Williamstown, St. Mary's. Uh, we'll have Craig Dutton on probably a little bit later on uh, as well. But uh, Magnolia, um, there's some teams up through there that record-wise might not show up but like you look at magnolia winner of now five straight games in girls basketball and uh a team that is sort of maybe 
maybe turning the corner a little bit. Yeah, the, the only thing that I think that will hold Magnolia back going down the stretch is, is depth. I mean, their their first five is as good as anybody that you'll find in single A, but the problem is that they only go six or seven deep. Uh, you know, Tyler consolidated last night, and they're, they're getting better. They went 0 for 20, I think, 0 for, I don't know, 0 for whatever from the floor. They were 8 for 11 from the foul line. So it's tough to win tough to win basketball games when you can't shoot it. And, uh, you know, Williamstown, Fred Sorrow, I've known Fred for years, and, and man, he's a great coach. And, and Howie Meeks at St. Mary's does a great job. His, his teams are always very competitive, usually right there at the end of, end of the season, you know, down at the state tournament. So, I mean, yeah, the, the, the basketball – is really good up this area. The problem is, is they all they all beat the car out of each other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a it's a gauntlet. It really is. It's a gauntlet. If you go up and down this river and play on either side, and you know, because a lot of those teams go over and play River High School in Ohio, and they're pretty good. And they'll go. Up, some of them will go up and play Shady Side and, and teams like that. I mean, it, it's it's tough. It's a tough region, really, in all sports: uh, football, basketball, boys basketball, baseball. I mean, it's. Uh, the small school sports up this way is very, 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 very good. Yeah, I've always been a fan of, of small school sports in general. I like all, I like all sports, but um, you get those community schools together, and you know, you talk about Tower Consolidated. It's kind of still, even now, you know, twenty five almost 25 years after the consolidation of Tyler County and Sistersville. Uh, and and mm-hmm. for that school to be kind of out of a town area, in a rural area, it, beca- it has a different dynamic. But um, the, the, the other schools up and down the river, those little communities are built around their high schools at this point. And uh, just what, what is, do you still see that, I don't know, that, that community – um, gathering behind some of those teams. I know St. Mary's come off a great football run. Williamstown has been good in, in multiple sports for years. But, you know, Magnolia, girls basketball has had some excellent teams too, but, you know, sometimes a little up, a little bit down. And, uh, and in New Martinsville, um, you know, quite frankly, the high school is the center uh, of town. Yeah, it's that way. You know, it was that way when Sistersville was there. It's that way with Peyton City. It's that way with New Martinsville. I mean, you, you go to Peyton City, and there literally is in the student section because every kid is involved in something at a, at, a, at a high school football game. Every kid is involved with something, whether it's working a concession stand, whether it's taking tickets at the gate, uh, selling tickets at the gate, popcorn. I mean, they you know they do it all. Um, so it, the, the participation of the town. The towns, the, the, you know, the little towns and the school is just, it's, it's incredible. And really, that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, you know, there are, you know, state funding only goes so far, as we all know. Um, and for those folks to keep these, these small schools open, some of them with their own money, uh, and, and, they're, and they're the sweat of their own brow, in some cases, is, is really, it, it touches you. It really does. It makes you feel good about, about your neighbors, about the people who live around you, because you know it's it's it would be very easy to let some of these schools die off and consolidate, as we've seen in other areas, and it's it's a, it's an unfortunate thing. Uh, but you know, when you get a school like a new Mar- like a like a Magnolia, like a Peyton City, uh, that that fights to keep themselves open, a hundred, uh, you know, th- those those are just great things. It really are it's great things, and it's what it's what you know, high school sports and, and the high school setting that that kind of education that's what it's supposed to be about 
And Brandon, we always appreciate getting to talk to you. And uh, no, again, it was fun for you to get to call that 1,000th career point a little bit earlier this week. Even if they caught you off guard, it happens. But uh, hey, we always appreciate getting to talk to you. (laughs) And uh, Brandon, look forward to talking with you again uh, in the new year. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. And y'all have a good, y'all have a Merry New Year. Uh, thanks. Hey, you know what? I'm right there with you, right there. Merry New Year. That's uh, Brandon Gregory, WXCR Radio. We'll get to Kevin Hatfield, the head boys basketball coach at Mingo Central, in just a moment. We'll go right back to the phone lines right now to Mike Donato. Buccaneer Sports Network had the call of Buchanan Upshur, South Charleston, girls basketball, double overtime. And Mike, statement win tonight for the Buccaneers. Oh, great statement win. Uh, first, again, thanks, guys, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely great game to call. Uh, good back and forth action throughout the game, and uh, you know we knew going in that it was going to be a very close matchup. Uh, we knew we knew that South Charleston was going to be a little fatigued coming off that loss of the Huntington and Buchanan. I'm sure had a week off essentially from varsity action, so uh, we knew going in it was going to be a great game, and the, it, the ticket didn't disappoint. One versus two it was an absolutely very entertaining game. Tell me about the. Um... Just the the feeling from Buchanan Upshur. We talked with the with, with the head coach there a, a couple of weeks ago, but um, you know it's not noted for girls basketball in that area, and, and really it's kind of you know that region has excellent girls basketball. Uh, most of those schools are in Double A, but I mean, I mean Morgantown's right up in that area as well. But um, for Buchanan Upshur to kind of make its mark in Triple A, I think it had already made its mark to an extent this year, but. That game tonight is going to get a lot of attention across the state. Yeah, uh, it's something that this team's been working hard on for many years. Uh, I've been I've been following this team since middle school, uh, coming up through what, as their PA announcer, doing games down there and doing some PA form at the high school. And now doing the play by play here on the Buccaneer Sports Network. So I mean, it's just uh, to get the attention now that they've been that they've been getting is something that we knew down the pike was going to be coming from this team. I mean, this is. These are girls that work extremely hard in the offseason, and not just in basketball, but these are some of the best athletes we have at our school that excel in other sports like soccer and softball and track. And um, it just on top of that, it also make a great basketball team. So it's been really fun to watch them grow and develop over the past few years. And, uh, you know, we're, and the attention they're getting now is absolutely deserved for the hard work they put in. And Coach Maxwell, you know, is his third year here with this team and you know has developed this program from the middle school up and you know as he was our our middle school girls coach for a couple of years and then moved up uh with this junior class here now in his third season and uh it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to watch them grow and develop well mike obviously with a game that went into double overtime there were there had to be thrilling moments toward the end uh, of that game tell me Talk me through the end of regulation and the end of that first overtime, and then how Buchanan Upshur was able to pull away in the second OT. Well, it, it kind of started at the half where uh, Buchanan had the potential to go into the halftime with a three-point lead or a two-point lead, and then as um, Ayla McClure throws up the, uh, the half-court shots and gets fouled in the process and hits two of three, so it brings that into a tie, 29-29. So that right there just kind of was kind of a little bit of foreshadowing how the rest of the game would go. BU starts on a very good run to start the third quarter. Uh, but uh, South Charleston made an adjustment to a uh, man defense that kind of slowed the attack down to BU. A lot of back and forth into the fourth quarter. And South Charleston actually had an opportunity to win it in the fourth quarter. Uh, Reed, the center, misses a, a layup. And then 
Allie Robinson, a sophomore guard for Buchanan Upshur, gets fouled, uh, shooting a one-and-one with .9 seconds left to go in the game and misses the front end, sending the game to overtime. And then Hannah McClung gets hot again in the overtime, making a couple of threes. Uh, but then South Charleston keeps it close, brings it into the double overtime. And, of course, McCannon Upshur, I think, just eventually warmed down and uh, took advantage of some tired legs and held on to the seven-point win. Great ball game and a big win tonight for Buchanan Upshur's girls as they beat South Charleston in double overtime. Mike Donato of the Buccaneer Sports Network, thanks so much for joining us. And, hey, I think we're going to be talking about these Lady Bucks again throughout the course of the season. Oh, I, I absolutely hope so. Again, a great statement went for them. And, again, that's not getting any easier coming up is uh, just taking a look at their schedule. They're going to be playing the double-A power in North Marion coming up on uh, Wednesday. And then uh, – get Morgantown on the ninth. So uh, next week is uh, not showing any favors for Buchanan Upshur. It should be a a lot of fun, though, as we uh, turn the calendar to the new year. Mike Donato, thanks so much for joining us right now. We're going to step aside and take a break. Coach Kevin Hatfield of Mingo Central, please stay with us. We'll have you right after the break here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. My name is Carmelita Limas, and this is my American story. I actually did three years of AmeriCorps, and during that time I was able to work for Habitat for Humanity. When I showed up on the site, there was a hole in the ground, and by the time we left, there was a house, and a woman could sweep her floor for the first time, and she just started crying, and we all hugged her, and it was just a moment that is burned in my memory. I encourage everybody to serve because it's just something that will bring light to your life. I don't know how else to explain it. It's a way of connecting to the world and giving back and showing love to people that you don't even know. Every one of us has a role to play in making our communities and our country stronger. Discover yours. Help us continue to make a difference in the life of our nation. Go to serve.gov and find the opportunity that works for you. This message is brought to you by the Corporation for National and Community Service. Someday there'll be a cure. Someday we won't lose the people we love. But when is someday? Someday is today. Thanks to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, hundreds of thousands diagnosed with blood cancer are today living a normal life. We're making cures happen. Join us. Call 888-HELP-LLS or go to LLS.org. Help us reach today sooner. High school students from around the world come to spend a semester or year in area schools. Your family can learn about Germany, China, Finland, or another country by hosting a student. International Experience is a nonprofit that facilitates international exchange, and they invite you to share your home with a student who will become a part of your family. To learn more, contact International Experience at 888-266-2921. That's 888-266-2921, or visit ie-usa.com, 888-266-2921. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along. We're going to go right back to the phone lines because we've left this man on hold long (laughs) enough. 
Unlike, see, if it, if it were Bo Anderson, we'd leave him there. But uh, Kevin Hatfield is the head coach of the Mingo Central Boys team. Uh, he joins us now. Coach Hatfield, first, thank you for holding on. And second, uh, big win for your ball club earlier this week, uh, an overtime home victory over Polka. And if there were any questions remaining about is your team for real, I believe those were answered. Well, guys, I appreciate you having me on, first off. I actually watched the ball game, so it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> um, we, um, no, we've actually started out pretty well, to be honest with you. Um, you know, we beat Polka in overtime uh, last night. You know, that was a big win. I think we were 0-9 all-time versus Polka. But, um, you know, with the shortened practice time with football, even I wondered, you know, where we would be at this point. And I'd actually made a comment if we could be – three and two, four and one coming out of December, you know, I would be happy because I knew we would keep getting better, but we're way ahead of that. So, you know, we're five and oh, um, looking forward to keep improving and see just exactly what we can do. Well, coach, you're in your first year at Mingo Central. For those who aren't familiar, kind of give us a little bit about your background in coaching. Well, I originally started, you know, once I, you know, I played basketball birch, um, played on scholarship at Fairmont State. When I came back from Fairmont, I actually helped my high school coach, which was Mike Smith at Birch from, I don't know, probably the late 90s to going into 2003. Uh, took the Birch job for the first year while he was on leave, and then they actually gave me the job, and I was there till 2011, which was when the consolidation happened of uh, Birch, Williams, and Gilbert made one, which, you know, made Mingo Central. Um, basically been out of coaching for the last five years uh i've worked with my kids worked with a lot of local kids uh with travel ball aau you know that type thing and um i knew the job was coming open uh, i had a lot of people ask me about taking it uh prayed a lot about it me and my wife because uh, it was kind of a big decision where i'd been out of it a while but i felt like it was uh you know time to get back into it uh, they gave me the job and here we are a team that has several kids who play football on it obviously it, i think if you told me at this time last year that jeremy Dillon would be a noted football player <laughs> really? versus basketball you obviously said like what are you talking about he's good but i mean but still he just won the kennedy award as the top basketball or excuse me top football player in the state already a verbal commit to marshall basketball as well and um you know he he's kind of a nice centerpiece to work around, but you've got a lot of talent to go with him. Well, uh, he definitely is. I mean, I would put Jeremy up against anybody, uh, football or basketball. Um, you know, they had a great football season. You know, again, like I said, we started late. But, you know, I've told guys before, you know, I'll, I'll trade that three weeks of practice, you know, for our school and these kids in this community to get a state championship, which we did. Um you know, coming in to this season with Jeremy, now the thing about it is, you know, three of these guys played on the team last year, you know, which only won two ball games. three of my starters. Uh, of course, we added Jeremy. Um, you know, we, you know, Drew came up, which is uh, Drew Hatfield, which is my son. Uh, he's a freshman. And uh, with those pieces returning and with Aaron Banks, who's my sixth man at the time, who just in my opinion is maybe the best, best sixth man in double-A, you know, we've just kind of come together, like I say, even quicker than I thought. You know, they all get along. They all like each other. Um, I do think, and I was asked this question the other day about, 
you know, did winning in football help the basketball team? Which at first I thought, just to be honest with you, and I can't, I apologize to whoever asked me, I thought it was a stupid question. <laughs> but, you know, I think you can get, you know, used to losing. And, you know, the best record Mingus Central's ever had as a basketball team, I think, was 14 wins. Um, you know, they won two last year. Um, I am actually, let me think, the fifth coach in six years. So there's never been a lot of stability. And for us to come out of football, you know, into basketball, we've basically only been practicing since December the 5th. You know, those guys won a championship on Friday night on the 3rd, and we're in the gym on Monday, so we could just get our seven days in to play Scott on a Tuesday. So, you know, these guys have really, you know, got along. You know, they've listened well. You know, it's a new system, new coaches. You know, they've never all played together. For us to be where we're at and to know the improvements that we have yet to make and that we can make, you know, it's pretty exciting going forward. Mingo Central will be taking on Tulsa after the new year. A couple of days off here. Joe, you have a question. Coach uh, Joe Linville here. You know, I'm looking over your your roster, and and you're relatively a young team. You've got you know you've got three seniors, uh, and you're laden with a you know a ton of sophomores and juniors, and even some freshmen. Yeah, we've got quite a few freshmen to be honest with you. Um, Really, our seniors, you know, we do have uh, Daniel Buchanan and uh, Keyshawn Rhodes. You know, they're two starters or seniors. My sixth man is a senior. But outside of that, you know, we are off, you know, Drew's a freshman. Um, Fletcher is a sophomore who's also a starter. And then we have, you know, Jeremy, a junior, and a lot of freshmen. So, you know, we do have something to build on. You know, when I first got the job, I was like, hey, you know, this may be a two-, three-, four-year project. But... That was also not going on the fact that Jeremy Dillon would be back. So, you know, once he came back, you know, that really changed everything. So I kind of went from low expectations, hey, well, I can kind of ease myself into the job, <laughs> to, whoa, uh, people are expecting a lot awful quick. So, you know, but the good thing is we do have a lot of young guys. You know, that can be good and bad, but we have enough leadership, you know, in our top six that, you know, Coach, we're up against a hard break. I'm so sorry to cut you off, but thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck to you guys the rest of the year. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues after the break. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. He's He's a talker. When they arrived at the sheds, a crowd of women erupted into shouting and booing. Marta was right. The strikers were more organized than ever. They carried signs that said, Huelga, strike. They were yelling, help us feed our children. When Esperanza saw their menacing faces, she wanted to run. She wanted to tell them that her mother was sick, that she had to pay the bills. Then maybe they'd understand why she needed her job. But she knew it would not matter. The strikers only listened if you agreed with them. When the guard wasn't looking, one of the strikers picked up a rock and threw it, barely missing a woman's head. Esperanza's heart was beating wildly as she and the women took their places. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Esperanza Rising by Pam Munoz Ryan. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Ever notice when you have a baby, everyone seems to give you advice? From your mother-in-law, to your own parents, to your friends. But when it comes to the important stuff, like immunizations and protecting my baby's health, 
I trust my baby's doctor. She really listens to my questions about shots, gives me great information, and she works with me to make sure my baby gets protected. And that's something even my mother-in-law can agree with. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. I'm in almost every school bus and classroom. You see me around the neighborhood, and you tell me that I'm a pretty good kid. Well, I'm one out of every five children in America, and I'm struggling with hunger. Please visit feedingamerica.org today and find your local food bank for ways to help. Every dollar you donate helps provide eight meals for kids like me. We are Feeding America, brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour two of the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Rick Marone. Happy to have you along on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The episode between Christmas and New Year's. As we're taking you right up until New Year's Eve. You know... We couldn't do this show on New Year's Eve. No, I'm still recovering from Festivus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. last and week, last I, week I really it drained me, but I'm getting well, my second well, win. Well, you had a long day. <laughs> the, the feats of strength was very impressive. I Coach. thought so. I, I, thought, I thought it was very, very, very good. But like, first off, can you believe it's been 19 years since that episode of Seinfeld no. debuted? No. We're showing our age. Yes. <laughs> I was in high school at the time. You guys weren't. Coach, right. was, Coach was over here coaching. <laughs> yeah. uh, they they just moved girls basketball to the winter a few years earlier. Yeah, so. there's me and two other people that were there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's three of us statewide. But uh, good times that we have here on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Again, uh, also want to give a note out if you're watching the show on basketballnight.com or however you may be watching the show. Hey, we've got a scroll with the scores going now. That's something new. Big time. The guys in the back are just incredible. That's about a 15 step process. Made it work. It's amazing. They do a good job. But you know what? If you don't want to wait on the scroll and you just want to know what the scores are right now and you can't get to basketballnight.com, well, that's what we're here for. Coach Marone, give us some girl scores. Let's take a look at our Basketball Friday Night scoreboard updates. Looking for scores, look no more, your holiday edition. We have a sleigh full of scores tonight on our holiday edition. Glad you've joined us and you're not out in the chilly uh, elements tonight. On the girls' side tonight, Buchanan Upshur, the Lady Buccaneers, a huge win, 76-69 over South Charleston. Gilmer County, the Lady Titans, in the Summersville Holiday Classic, knock off Nicholas County, 49-43 to claim the championship. North Marion, the Lady Huskies, travel south to beat a team from the north, 70-54 North Marion over Middletown South, New Jersey. Philip Barber, the Colts, fall tonight to Winfield. The Lady Generals get a 53-44 win over Philip Barber. Berkeley Springs gets a big win, 63-33 over Hancock, Maryland. Frontier, Ohio, 54-42 victory over the Lady Rebels from Ritchie County. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, they fall tonight. Parkersburg South, 78. Parkersburg, 69. 
RCB, the Lady Eagles, 70. Grafton, the Lady Bearcats, 38. RCB gets a big win in that one. That's a look at your girls' side. Joe, let's take a look at the boys' scores. And it was the Parkersburg Catholic Crusaders over Shady Springs tonight, 55-53. It was the Winfield Generals over Nicholas County, 62-61. It was the Work County Tigers falling to Fort Fry, Ohio, 86-38. It was James Monroe over Princeton, 69-54. The Sissonville Indians pick up a win over the Oak Hill Red Devils, 80-55. It was Tug Valley over Union City, Tennessee in a Carolina Invitational Tournament, 65-48. It was the Vaqueros of Irving, California over North Marion in the Disney Tournament in Florida, 61-54. It was Williamstown over Belfry, Ohio, 63-59. Lincoln County over Doddridge County, 56-46. It was Oak Glen, the Golden Bears, over Southern, 75-62. It was McDonough, 65, East Hardy, 65-57. It was the Blue Devils of St. Mary's over Tyler Consolidated tonight, 68-61. Fairmont Senior, the Polar Bears, fell to the Mohegans of Morgantown. That score was uh, 58-47. It was the University Hawks over Allegheny, Maryland tonight, 78-48. George Washington, the Patriots over the Hurricane Redskins, 88-48. And it was the Musselman Appleman over Woodgrove, Virginia, 66-46. The Knights of Point Pleasant, the Big Blacks over Eastern Reedsville, Ohio, 75-45. It was the Skyhawks falling to the Herbert Hoover Huskies, 54-42. It was the Highlanders of Huntington over the South Charleston Black Eagles tonight in a good one, 59-55. It was Wheeling Central over, I'm sorry, Wheeling, yeah, Wheeling Central over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 60 to 58. It was Union Local, Ohio over Wheeling Park, 55 47. And it was the Wahama Falcons over the Buffalo Bisons, 58 46. Got a few more scores in. It looks like it was the Ritchie County Rebels over Frontier, Ohio, 67 57. It was First Love Christian over the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles, 73-61. And the Chapmanville Tigers fell tonight to Rowland, Kentucky, 72-64. And it's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thanks very much, Joe. And as you could tell, the scores just keep rolling in, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're just keeping right along here. And um, earlier this year, back in the uh, fall, uh, Spring Valley's football team made it to the state championship game for the first time in school history. In fact, had only won one playoff game in, in school history until this year, won three, and making it to Wheeling before falling to Martinsburg in the title game. And uh, their basketball team on the boys' side, now three and two, quite a few players who played both. Uh, Dylan Stone is with us now, and our standout athlete of the week, Dylan, one of those players who plays multiple sports for the Timberwolves. Yeah, he does. Uh, his name is Chandler Stacy, and he's uh, he's a, a an athlete that, like you said, plays both sports. He also uh, did dabbled a little bit in uh, track and field, and actually placed thirteenth uh, in the state last year in his first ever uh, meet. So uh, clearly, a uh, an athlete that uh, has been blessed with uh, many gifts, and uh, one of those 
one of those gifts uh, is certainly basketball ability. He had 28 points, 13 rebounds in their most recent game. Um, but another gift that he has is is off the court in the classroom. He's uh, a very good student and actually um, received an offer uh, from uh, Carnegie Mellon, which uh, I'm certainly was not uh, smart enough to get into Carnegie Mellon. So uh, it's certainly a, an impressive uh, feat for him uh, to be able to uh, to be able to go through the application process for that. And uh, his mom was uh, talking to me earlier and said that uh, the uh, the application was actually due, uh, I believe, Sunday. So. Uh, kind of a you know a, a, a tentative uh, hopefulness there for for the for the Stacy family, but uh, yeah, as as good as he is on the court for Spring Valley in not only uh, basketball but also on the field in football, um, he really uh, takes a lot of pride in what he does off the court and the way that he uh, the way that he handles himself and um, really goes a hundred percent at everything that he tries to tackle. And you talk about a kid, you know, part of the standout athlete of the week is tends to be someone who might catch your eye on the courting but yet still be able to do or is very active off the court as well and uh, uh carnegie mellon i mean you know yeah we none of us really had any uh any any misnomers of getting there but dylan also had a chance to learn more about our standout athlete of the week chandler stacy is a conscientious student and teammate for spring valley high school He's not afraid to lead by example or allow his convictions to shine through. He has earned the respect of not just his fellow student-athletes, but also his community through his hard work and helpful attitude. These are just a few of the reasons why Chandler is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Chandler is the lone senior for the Timberwolves this season, and it shows with his guidance on the court. But his head coach, Corey Maynard, says that that's just a continuation of Chandler's role from last season. Chandler last year was a leader as well. He's a good role model for the kids. The young kids, he really takes them and shows them what they need to do and takes that leadership role that those younger kids need. Just kind of carried on to this year as well. Chandler's mother, Annie, says that the fact that he is the team's only senior, as well as his competitive spirit, pushes him to want to do more for the team. He likes to take control of the team and try and lead everybody in the right direction without being mean, but just tries to be positive and tries to work to a common goal. He likes to win, so he's very, very competitive. And with him being the only senior, I think a lot of times he feels like he has a lot of pressure to succeed on his shoulders, and I think that's what makes him a good leader. Coach Maynard remarks on Chandler's desire to win as well, saying he has a rare combination of traits that make him the total player. Now, obviously, he's very athletic, and I think he'd be good in any sport that he's tried, which also Chandler's a great competitor. He does not like to lose in anything. I don't care what it is, if it's checkers or PE class. He does not want to lose, so that drive and determination combined with his athleticism is very special. He's just a total player. Obviously, he can score. He's our leading scorer. He rebounds. He passes the ball well. He's one of our better defenders. He does it on both ends, and he's the type of player that you want in your program and everybody would like to have in their program. But as much good as Chandler does on the court, his work off the court stands on its own. His mother says her son has been fortunate to have opportunities to give back and that he has not let those chances pass him by. He's been lucky enough to have a lot of opportunities at Spring Valley. The, the teachers there really look for ways for athletes so they're not just doing athletic events or a classroom. They also look for other things that they can do in the community. It's very rewarding. He's also class president, so he was very excited about that. And then he did Relay for Life, one of his favorite math teachers went through breast cancer. Him and one of his friends coordinated a Relay for Life team that he works on. 
And then he also announces for Special Olympics. In addition to his work with Relay for Life and the Special Olympics, Chandler excels in the classroom, and both his coach and his mother credit that to his penchant for working hard for what he wants and not allowing himself to get complacent. Chandler has a great work ethic. shows in the classroom as well. He really cares about his academics, really takes pride in his work. He's taking college classes now in high school, really puts the work in the classroom. Chandler's a pretty smart kid. He knows what he wants to do in the future. He wants to go to school and get his degree. And it's got that planned out very well. I think the main thing is just his work ethic. I think it's great when kids are able to have talents, but we always tell him you can't just wake up and every day and just not do anything. And that's the thing is that I think that his work ethic is what makes him successful, just knowing that you always have to work harder. There's always somebody out there who is working harder, so you have to work hard every day just to keep up. Chandler Stacy is a shining example of what can be achieved with hard work and dedication. On top of all of his basketball success, classroom achievements, and community assistance, the senior helped lead the Spring Valley football team to the AAA state championship game this fall, and he hopes to continue to use those qualities to further his career. And he's certainly off to a good start. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Dylan Stone. Thank you very much, Dylan. Uh, before we get to the phone lines, I want, I want to mention something here real fast. Here's your little history lesson for the day. <laughs> what is Carnegie Mellon, not Mellon, Carnegie Mellon <laughs> most known for on the uh, football field? Hmm. That's a tough Joe. I, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I know it's located in Pittsburgh. Yes. November 28, 1926, at the time Carnegie Tech defeated Notre Dame. 19 really? to nothing and undefeated at the time Notre Dame and a game in which Newt Rockney did not attend because he had gone ahead to scout their next opponent. Whoa. Joe, how was it calling that game? <laughs> <laughs> That's been so long ago I forgot all about it. <laughs> there you go. But hey, like I said, we want you to learn a little bit about everything on this program. We sometimes sometimes things ring bells and you know, you hit Google and boom, there's your answer, but nonetheless uh a lot of fun there. But uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Jordan Mounts has been uh, with following Tug Valley for WFGH Radio and uh, part of the Joe Miller Invitational. I got that. Jordan, where are you right now? Well, currently, guys, I'm sitting in the parking lot in Princeton right now on my way back from that tournament. I was going to say, that could be a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, okay. So the, the Joe Miller Invitational in Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, – Tug Valley uh, coming out with a, a couple of wins in, in, in that tournament, and obviously, Jordan. Sometimes when you go to those games, uh, you know you don't know what exactly you're up against. But uh, a, a win today over Union City High School from Tennessee, 65-48. That followed a victory yesterday over Kinston, North Carolina, and. Um, but again, two and two in that tournament and playing four games in four days, that can be a little taxing, but to win the last two, obviously you end the end the trip on a high note. You know, guys, uh the the, the two teams that we faced uh the for, for the first two games, um one of them was Blue Ridge Academy out of Virginia and the other one was the host school of the invitational, New Hanover High School in Wilmington. And uh the uh both of those teams, guys, uh, are ranked the top two hundred in the nation according to Max Preps more especially Blue Ridge Academy, who's ranked 51st last time I checked, uh, according to Max Preps. So, you know, there's, there's no lack of talent in the um, Blue Ridge Academy, I can vouch 
there's one kid on there that I know has committed already to the University, so that's a GCC player that they did face. Uh, and just uh, there, uh, the amount of talent that was down there was just incredible, guys. Sneak kicked in. <laughs> yeah, there you are. And, and, and uh, like I said, big win tonight or today over Union City. And, um, you know, Tuck Valley got to kind of challenge itself, see itself up against some other opponents. And now uh, kind of a border battle with Belfry, Kentucky, coming up after the new year. Uh, you know, Jordan, I, I mean, we, we can't – we'd be remiss to, to not mention who that, you know, Jeremy Dillon was a big-time player at Tuck Valley transferred to Mingo Central, a Tuck Valley team that had gone to the state tournament last year and was fairly young at the time, even with uh, the loss of Dylan. Still quite a few good basketball players in that system. You know, guys, uh, the loss of Jeremy, it does hurt. But at the same time, you know, I heard Coach Eddie say this. You know, we're coming together. We're having to run different types of offensive plays. But the boys... Uh, from Tug Valley are finding out what kind of they found out what kind of a team they actually are. They've actually kind of a discovery party, if you will, uh, especially down here in these last two games uh, down here in this tournament. You know, um, Tug they a lot they've been running a lot of uh, 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 set plays um, last year when you had Jeremy and uh, Calvin and Chandler and all those boys losing those three. Uh, you know, they they've come to they've come to find out they're running more motion offense is what what really fits into their strong suit, and uh, they they've been able to do that very successfully, especially in these last two games uh, down here in this Invitational. So uh, we just want to keep that up as, uh, as the season goes along. Jordan, have a safe trip home. Absolutely, guys. All right, that's Jordan Mouse, WFGH Radio, and he has been following. Tug Valley on their trip to Wilmington, North Carolina. Again, they go 2-2 two and two on that trip. Tug Valley will be playing Belfry, uh, Kentucky, coming up here on uh, January 3rd at 7.30. It's only the second game of the year in Naugatuck. So I know they'll be looking forward to, to, to getting to play at home in the friendly confines there uh, a little bit later on, again, next week. So that should be a lot of fun. Coming up after the break... We've got Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio, as Princeton played James Monroe tonight in a boys game. And our resident referees on hold. How long will it take? That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This tree was never chopped down. Because this crutch never needed to be carved. Because these legs never grew weak. Because this child never got polio. Over the past 20 years, Rotary Club members have helped immunize over 2 billion children against polio. Now we're on the brink of eradicating this crippling disease once and for all. But we need your help. Thanks to an historic matching grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, every dollar Rotary raises will work twice as hard to make sure vaccines reach the people who need it, to protect the children of the world against polio forever. This is an opportunity to end polio now. Visit rotary.org slash end polio. Rotary. Humanity in motion. 
You feel like you know your man, but you may not know everything. Of all the women living with HIV in the U.S., about 66% are African American. And most of these women got HIV by having unprotected sex with a man. But more women are getting tested and looking out for themselves. To get a free HIV test, visit HIVtest.org slash take charge or call 1-800-CDC-INFO. That's 1-800-232-4636. Take charge. Take the test. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Are you job hunting? With SelfCheck, you can check your employment eligibility records before your next employer does. So before you apply, check out USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. It's fast, it's easy, and it's free. SelfCheck gives you the confidence of knowing your government records are in order. Check out your employment eligibility today at USCIS.gov backslash SelfCheck. SelfCheck is a service of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services and E-Verify. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 10-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Limble, happy to have you along on this program. And, and guys, before we get to our next caller, I mean, I was just happy that it doesn't appear weather affected any games today because there there was some snow through the region. We had some snow this morning in the uh, basically throughout most of the mountain states. So oh, I'm talking about that <laughs> stuff again, right? Yeah, it was a nice relief to not have to to deal with uh, a lot of postponements and reschedules. And it was kind of iffy there. There were some areas that got uh, a little more than others, but as the day progressed joe it got warmer and it appeared that everything's uh cleared out pretty well yeah i was telling ryan before we went on the air earlier you know madison got about two inches just in a real short period of time it was you know a pretty good snowburst come through but then once it quit snowing you know the ground temperatures was warm enough it melted off pretty quick an area of the state that we always kind of get concerned about are the the obviously the higher elevations and and you talk about like the potomac uh um area Potomac Highlands area, I guess you would call it too, in the in the Allegheny Range up in the uh, north central part of the state. When you go over toward the eastern Panhandle, uh, the mountain range that kind of separates the eastern Panhandle from uh, more central West Virginia. But you've also got the uh, Bluefield area um, down in the uh, the mountain areas there too. It is very very uh, concerning when it snows and. Tonight, James Monroe and Princeton able to get a boys game in. James Monroe beats Princeton. 69-54 was the final score. We go to the phone lines to Wes McKinney, WAEY Radio. He had the call of that one. And uh, Wes, a tough loss for the Tigers against a James Monroe ball club that uh, seemed, to be able to, seemed to be able to handle Princeton tonight. Yeah, Ryan, I don't want to – have you lied to your listeners? I actually did not have the call. To oh, still, <laughs> and I had and I had actually planned to go to Brook uh, with the Tigers while I was home for the holidays up in Preston County, and the Princeton, or I should say, the Brook tournament didn't end up happening for Princeton. The James Monroe game did, and my usual broadcast partner Eric Lester had the call tonight, and uh, just messaging back and forth with him. Uh, he tells me that Princeton all of a sudden is having some defensive woes, and when you give up 69 points to 
James Renault, that's never a good sign. And uh, Princeton, um, you know, uh, it's it's kind of hard to diagnose what's exactly going on. Obviously, the issues at West Side, they they had some turnovers, and West Side was breaking some Princeton pressure rather easily uh, last Wednesday when the teams played. Um, but uh, a tough night at, at James Monroe, Princeton now two and four, and talking with Eric just a little bit ago before I came on air with you guys, um, you know, Eric says that James Renault's not a bad little ball club. He thinks they're going to, you know, uh, create some problems for the Bluefields, the Pike Views, uh, you know, the Wyoming East of the world um, come come March. Um, but the Princeton's got a lot more bigger issues than I think we thought. And, and all of a sudden here, guys, uh, Princeton's two and four, and you look at the schedule and you take a big gulp because next Friday night you get Bluefield at the Brush Fork Armory and they've already beaten Princeton once this year and then a week or two weeks from tonight you get Greenbrier East at home. That's the next two games for the Tigers. So Princeton's got to do some uh, a quick soul searching here. So uh, again, tough loss tonight for the Tigers. And again, that game was kind of thrown together. We didn't even know it was going to happen, and we we tend to keep a finger on the pulse of everything. Obviously, uh, with the Brook tournament being canceled, that that changed some plans there. But uh, you know, being able to get that game uh, is a good thing. But that's a James Monroe team that's now five and one. You mentioned that uh, they could end up being a quiet factor. We'll we'll keep an eye on them through the course of the season. Wes, thank you so much for calling in on a game that unfortunately you weren't able to attend. And uh, I don't want to lie to our viewers. We appreciate our, our listeners, and we appreciate you uh, clearing the air on that one. And again, Princeton though, will head toward the new year now. And uh, like you said, uh, it doesn't get any easier with a visit to Brush Fork Armory coming up next week. Wes, always a pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, it's Wes McKinney going right back to the phones. Our resident referee is with us, Bo Anderson. <laughs> back on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. He's already probably called three or four games since Christmas, and he's just now getting ready to get into the new year. Bo, welcome to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Oh, you're absolutely right, Ryan. I've uh, been a little bit everywhere the last few days, and uh, had a little bit of a short trip this evening, and actually had a uh, game where the uh, head coach of one team actually coached the coach of the other team and uh that kind of made me feel how long i've been doing it because i had the games when he played so uh (laughs) you know you i heard uh, rick you're talking about age uh you know look out it's coming (laughs) he had that notre dame (laughs) (laughs) carnegie Carnegie mellon yeah in 1926 bo had the call about some some people some people used to claim and i've I've, I've been doing it so long, and I had the peach baskets, but I, I don't think I can quite go that far. <laughs> uh, no, before we get into serious matters, uh, we talked with uh, Emily Saunders from Wyoming East. She blocked 18 shots in a game, and I said I, I couldn't find the link again, but I, I, I've been searching through some of those old C.K. Vinson games from back in uh, back in the day. I think I found a, a note of the uh, – one Rick Marone blocking a bunch of shots one one day. I was wondering who he was guarding that that game. Oh, <laughs> jump over a toothpick! <laughs> they were all fouls, right, Bo? Rick <laughs> Marone. All right, hey. you were refereeing back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had 
free whenever he was fouling it. <laughs> Always a good time. Hey, okay, but a couple things that I wanted to touch on with you here, and these are these are probably pretty basic, but I just I saw something that kind of triggered a thought. You, you, we see teams roll the ball in sometimes late in games to keep the clock from running to kind of be able to save some time during possessions. Exactly when does the five count stop on the inbounds, and when does the ten count begin in the backcourt? Well, the, the the five count stops when the ball is released directly into the court, and then the player in the backcourt's got to, uh, you know, once they pick it up, uh, they, you know, then you you would start a a ten second count. Uh, now you, you know, you, most time it it doesn't take ten seconds for someone to uh, pick the ball up because of the uh, fact that somebody's going to come and guard him usually. But uh, your, your, your five-second count ends on the release directly into the court. And why I say directly into the court is because if they're allowed to run the end line, then obviously they can pass it to another player along the end line, and then that player can throw it in. So it, it, the, the five seconds ends when it's released directly onto the court. And then under normal circumstances, you don't start the 10-second until the player you know picks the ball up. Now, if they're going to sit there and – well, it's sat there the whole time, but I, I've not seen that. But you could actually have them possession in the backcourt, but it, it's it never that that's never happened. But now the part that you talk about does happen. But you know we have no count going until they pick it up, and then we start. And, and the only reason I ask that, and, and really, is because so many times in basketball, people don't think of how things are connected. Like the out of bounds line is out of bounds, whether you, no matter which side right. of it you're on, you can step on the out-of-bounds line while throwing the ball in as long as you don't step across it because you're still out-of-bounds. But um, I was right. just wondering if there was actually a gap there, which, uh, and as you explained, there is. There can be a gap between the end of the five count and beginning of the ten-second count. Yeah, oh yeah, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Yeah, the, the only time, uh, Ryan, that, that, that they're not allowed is, is, again, we go back to page 1300 in the fans manual that everybody's yelling when their toes on the line. When they're putting it in bounds, but uh, and uh, you know an example of some things that happen like that, and people don't have an understanding is, uh, and, and I know it it can't be everywhere, but a lot of the youth leagues they don't use registered officials, and so they get people, you know, they get parents out of the stands, and they get whoever they can get. So these people don't know the rules, and so for sometimes years. These kids do not have registered officials working their games, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, when the real game starts, and uh, you know they're working, you know they're playing middle school or high school basketball, and then those plays happen. Everybody thinks, "Hey, wait a minute! For five years in buddy league, that was a violation," you know. And so, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of different things happen where people don't understand the rules, and um, you know, they get their own ideas. Well, Bo, I'll give you one open forum here for anything that you've come across here over the past week that, again, might be one of those things that a lot of people have a misconception about. Yeah, I had a I had a play um, the other day in a game. Um, there was a loose ball on the ground, and a player on the ground possessed it with two hands, and the other player 
possesses it with one hand, and she is looking at me for a hell ball signal, which wasn't going to happen, and a lot of people don't understand that unless it's a jump shot or a player in the air with the basketball that's, that gets the block shot or gets pinned and comes down, if it's on the ground, it's got to be two hands on two hands. If it's two hands on one, it's still not a held ball. And the expectation is the person with two hands should be able to rip it out of there and still make the pass uh, or, you know, start a dribble and get up if they were on the ground. But it's two hands on two hands when the ball is on the ground or the players are on the ground. And when it's a jump shot or they airborne to pass and the ball gets pinned, that can be two hands on one hand. So they were standing there looking at me, and I'm not blowing the whistle yet because it's not two hands on two hands. The other girl rips it out and throws it to a teammate, and they go off. And then she asked me later, she said, how come that wasn't a jump ball, Mr. Official? And I said, because you need to put the other hand on it and have two on two for it to be a jump ball. And she said, oh, okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, a lot of people don't understand that rule. Everybody is yelling for a jump ball. Now, in that case, nobody was really saying anything, which I was kind of surprised. I was waiting for someone to holler or something. But, uh, you, you know, it's it's a matter of understanding the rules of the game and uh, understanding what and why it is or is not called by rule. Bo Anderson, always a pleasure. We hope you have a happy new year. Thanks for joining us, and we'll look forward to speaking again next week. All right. Well, you guys have a great new year. I'll be looking forward to calling in from somewhere on Earth next Friday night. And, uh, you know, uh, just uh, just whatever pictures you've got of Marone, I'm sure he's fouling me. <laughs> we'll do some research on that. We've got a crack staff. We'll, we'll take care of that. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Always a, again, always a pleasure to get to talk to him. And, now that he's off the phone, we can say, Rick, how many, how many blocks did you have against him? Well, I, I lost track. I mean, uh, Emily Saunders will have the female record, but right. there may be a difference there when you get to the male side in Class AA. Yeah. Right, yeah. We'll research that. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I've got my staff on that. Yeah. Our good buddy Randy Payton. <laughs> he would know. Yeah, yeah, he knows everything like that. <laughs> anyway, we'll step aside. Today, we'll come back. We have a scoreboard update. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. What if we got rewarded for every good decision? Dinner. Meal needs a vegetable. Check. Amazing. Vegetables cooked with a healthier oil instead of butter? Fantastic. Fantastic. 
Replacing bad fats with healthier fats like those in canola or vegetable oil is good for your heart. Take up the challenge for good health because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Visit heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Household pests are familiar subjects in childhood songs and nursery rhymes, but they can also pose serious threats to our health and property. Dealing with these threats may not be as easy as ABC, but it can be as easy as IPM. Integrated Pest Management employs common sense and sound solutions to treat and control pests. To learn more, visit whatisipm.org, a public service message from the National Pest Management Association. date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 35 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe linville rick marone happy to have you along with us on this december 30th halfway through another episode the fastest three hours in radio hey we've got a lot still to talk about including the way Morgantown's 31-game winning streak ended earlier this week. A rivalry game in Mason County that came down to the wire. Um, So much still to talk about on this program, but we know that in the moment, you want scores. And it's time for another check of our scoreboard update. We'll turn Coach Marone loose with the boys' scores, and Joe, you can get the girls' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Basketball Friday night, a one-stop shopping for high school basketball scores all week long. And tonight, we've got the most updated scoreboard going. Let's take a look on the boys' side. Fort Fry, Ohio, 86. Work County, the Tigers, 38. Union Academy out of North Carolina knocks off Wayne. That was in the Sissonville tournament. 88-60 to is your final there. The Pioneers fall to Union Academy. James Monroe, the Mavericks, 69. Princeton, 54. Sissonville, the Indians win the West Banco Tournament at Sissonville, 80-55 to over the Oak Hill Red Devils in the championship game of that one. The Tug Valley Panthers travel south uh, to the Carolina Invitational, 65-48 to winner over Union City, Tennessee. That game in Wilmington, North Carolina. The Irvine, California Vaqueros, 61-54 to winner over North Marion. Also tonight, Valley Fayette, 51-49. to They get the win tonight over Sherman. Uh, Belpre, Ohio, falls to Williamstown, 63-59. to The Yellow Jackets and Scott Sorrow get a win in that one. 56-46, Lincoln County over Doddridge County. Oak Glen, the Golden Bears, 75-62 winners over Southern. East Hardy falls to McDonough out of Maryland, 65-57, the final in that one. St. Mary's. The Blue Devils, 68-61 winners over Tyler Consolidated. Fairmont Senior falls tonight to Morgantown. Number one in AA goes down 58-47. to The Mohegans get the win. University, 78. Allegheny, Maryland, 48. GW, a big win over Hurricane, 88-48 to is the final in that one. Woodgrove, Virginia. The Wolverines fall tonight to the Musselman Appleman, 66-46. to Musselman gets the win in that one. 75-45, Point Pleasant, a big win over Eastern uh, High School out of Reedsville, Ohio. 75-45, Point Pleasant with the victory. The Hoover Huskies, 54-42 winners over the Scott Skyhawks. And Huntington, the Highlanders, get a hard-fought win over South Charleston. The Black Eagles fall 59 59- 55 is your final in that one. Wheeling Central tonight, 60-58 to winner over St. Clairsville, Ohio. 
And Union Local out of Ohio gets a 55-47 win over Wheeling Park. And Wahama, the White Falcons, get a big win over Buffalo, 58-46. And, Joe, you got to look at the girls' scores. It was Buckhannon Upshur over the South Charleston Black Eagles, 76-69. It was the Titans of Gilmer County defeating the Nicholas County Grizzlies, 49-43. It was North Marion, the Huskies, over Middletown, South New Jersey, 70-54. That was in Orlando. It was Winfield over the Colts of Philip Barber, 53-44. It was Frontier, Ohio, defeating the Ritchie County Rebels, 54-42. That was in the Spangler Tournament Championship game. It was Parkersburg Big Reds falling to Parkersburg South, 78-69. Jordan Johnson had 31 points for the South. It was the Robert C. Bird Eagles over Grafton, 70-30. And that is a look at your Friday night uh, or basketballfridaynight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. Let's go back to the phone lines. Lynn Frederick is the public address announcer for Gilmer County and the Gilmer County girls with a win over Nicholas County to win the Summersville Holiday Tournament tonight. And Lynn, an, an excellent win and a tough fought game in a very competitive tournament for Gilmer County. Lynn, are you with us? All right, we do not hear Lynn right now. Yes, sir. Oh, there's Lynn. All right. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, no. uh, yes, sir. I was uh, just calling in. That Gilmer County had played uh, Nicholas County tonight in the championship. It was uh, a pretty impressive showing by Riley Fitzwater. She had a double-double, and... Uh, Gilmer County uh, beat Nicholas County, who I believe was ranked 10th in the uh, AA polls, and that came a day after beating uh, number three, Winfield. Winfield was number three in AA, who they played yesterday and beat. Uh, it was just—it was a really impressive weekend for a little little Class A school. Yeah, uh, and one that has had a few impressive weekends over the past couple of years. When you go back to last year's Class A state championship for the Titans and uh, Gilmer County, I want to go back a day to Winfield because I I, I have had the chance to see Winfield in person. That's a team that uh, plays one way, press you from the time you basically step out of the locker room, and that's their style of play. And for Gilmer County to get that win, one, I know Riley Fitzwater can be such a, a factor around the basket, but also tells me Gilmer County handled the pressure pretty well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Amy Chapman, the head coach for Gilmer County, she uh, – She's been, I think, even though she won a state championship last year, I don't think that she gets her due credit yet. I think she might be one of the most underrated coaches in the state. Uh, she does a great job. And uh, also, I mean, Gummer County lost, I think it was their second game of the year. They got beat by Tucker County at the Waco Center. And that was kind of a game where Tucker County was real, they're real physical, they're a physical kind of team. And uh, Gummer had a pretty good game plan and played well in the first half of that game. They led, I think, by seven or eight at halftime. And then uh, they didn't really respond well to Tucker County's physicality in the second half. And uh, I, I, I think that the handling the pressure and the way they played against Winfield and even today against Nicholas County, it was a gritty a gritty type game. I think that uh, that speaks volumes to what Coach Chapman's got going on there. Uh, I think that a loss is almost, at that point, to Tucker County – it was almost a best-case scenario for Gilmer County. 
now Gilmer County gets to enjoy a, a, a couple of days here for the, the new year and um, back in play on January 3rd against Doddridge County. And, of course, looking down the schedule for Gilmer County with games against Doddridge and against Webster County and then uh, Calhoun County also uh, next week. Uh, Gilmer County in a stretch where they're an opportunity here to, to kind of start picking up, continue to pick up wins, I should say, because, as you said, since that loss to Tucker County, Gilmer County's been right back to playing about the level they did through much of their state tournament run last year. Yeah, it's it's pretty similar to last year. Uh, if you look back on last year, they uh, they had a they had a pretty great season last year. They lost, I think, two games or maybe three games. But I can remember in the LKC championship game, they played Williamstown at the uh, Waco Center in Glenville, and uh, they lost that game. I think they lost by three or four, and that was another game where I think that I think that when Gilmer County gets hit in the chin, uh, they they have a tendency to come out like a bulldog afterwards, and they respond really well to losses. And again, I think that's compliments to Coach Chapman. No one will forget the Titans, that's for sure. Lynn Frederick is the public address announcer of Gilmer County. Gilmer County's girls win the Summersville Holiday Tournament with a win over Nicholas County today after beating Winfield yesterday. And Lynn, thank you for joining us. Have a happy new year. Thank you, you too. All right, and we've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, We'll talk with Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. We'll talk Petersburg Holiday Tournament with him. We'll also talk with Craig Dutton of 93R, the latest affiliate, WRRR, the latest member of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. You're on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you remember poodle skirts, mini skirts, or bell bottoms, you're just the right age. Whether you listen to Bing Crosby or Chuck Berry. Or the Beach Boys, the Bee Gees, or the Beatles. We need your help. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you too can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Any age is the right age to donate the gift of life, and the need is great. Today, thousands of people are waiting for a transplant. But only one in three of us over the age of 50 is a registered organ donor. If we all registered, imagine how many lives we could save. How many families we could help. So whether you remember the first step on the moon or the last step of the hustle. Take an important step today and learn more. Get the facts. Register to become an organ and tissue donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. I was leaving an exercise class. All of a sudden, the pain started. My entire chest. Shortness of breath. Very fatigued. Nauseated. Thought that it was nothing much, maybe just stress. You're having a heart attack. I'm healthy. I'm young. There's no way it could be my heart. No way. Heart disease doesn't discriminate. Listen to your body, go get checked. Heart disease is the number one killer in women, and this is something that we can fight. Visit GoRedForWomen.org to learn a woman's risk for heart disease. Have you heard the buzz about West Nile virus? Protect yourself and your family from the mosquito bites that spread the virus. When you go outside, use mosquito repellent containing DEET. When possible, wear long sleeve shirts and pants. And remove standing water around your home where mosquitoes breed. Anyone can become infected. 
but if you're over 50, you're at higher risk for severe disease or even death from West Nile virus. Remember, the best defense comes from things you can do yourself. Fight the bite. Tell mosquitoes to buzz off. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 1047 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville. Happy to have you along as we continue through. Well, like I said, as I always say, the fastest three hours in radio as we go back to the phone lines and with us now is Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio, in Hardy County. And Sam, I've got to be honest with you. I've been looking for information on this Petersburg Holiday Tournament, and I'm struggling a little bit. What I found was a Petersburg victory in boys basketball over Pendleton County from two days ago, 69-59. What am I missing here? Well, um, I guess news just travels a little bit uh, slower out of here. <laughs> but uh, it is, from what we've gathered, the oldest continuously running holiday tournament in the, in the state. It was started in 1960. Um, up till the middle uh, of the 90s, it was the same four teams, uh, Petersburg, Moorfield, Circleville, and Franklin. And at that time, Circleville and Franklin consolidated before in Pendleton County. And that fourth team has kind of rotated. Um, last few years, that's uh, been Union from up in Mount Storm has been that fourth team. But uh, it's usually uh, pretty competitive over here. And, and right as I say that, I, I've now I, I see exactly what I was looking for here. Pendleton County earlier beat Moorefield, and then Union beat Moorefield as well, uh, 64-62. Um, obviously, that's an area that just based on geography and terrain – um, you know, this time of year, when you get into the time of year, it snows a little earlier, and the snows tend to be a little bit bigger in, in that area. And sometimes it can be difficult to get in games. I think having uh, – how big of a deal is this tournament? You mentioned the, the, the length that it's been there, but just to be able to have the consistency, have those teams come together for that tournament and, and not have to make those long ventures across state not knowing what the weather conditions are going to be. Oh, it's, it's huge. It's basically like a, a big family reunion. You see players that's played through the 60s, 70s, 80s. They all come in and uh, they pack the gymnasium there at Petersburg. Uh, it's basically a 45-minute drive for any of the any of the teams to get there. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it really draws a huge crowd. As in Petersburg, winning that tournament with the 69-59 win over Pendleton County in the championship game after petersburg had beaten union uh the day before 86 to 56 was the score in that one and uh, you know let's talk let's talk about these four teams now in, in relation to where they go from here uh petersburg is a ball club that again i know that you know let's let's be honest a lot of people aren't going to know a whole lot about the vikings going into a season although they've had some pretty good wins obviously winning the tournament there is a good thing union is a team that's another little town that's kind of isolated and uh one that is uh, one of the smallest schools in west virginia one of the smallest public schools in in the state 
and uh, they pick up the win in that tournament to finish in third. And uh, for Moorefield, uh, a little bit of a struggle, but for Pendleton County, uh, a pretty good showing too. Yes, uh, Pendleton County, I believe, six and two on the season. And um, for those folks that followed the uh, run that the football team had this fall, a lot of the same names that you would uh, you know you would expect to come back from that football team are the leaders on the basketball team. Uh, Luke Cooper, Trey Cooper. Um, these are uh, some of the uh, the better players, and uh, they actually have their next three games for Pendleton County are against teams from Virginia, which geographically just kind of makes sense. It's uh, it's pretty close to uh, for them to make that trip. But um, Moorefield actually has Tucker County on Tuesday night, I believe it is. That's a game that we will have on WELD. Of course, if you want to do anything out of Region 2, you're going to have to get through Clarksburg, Notre Dame, or Tucker County. Definitely a, a tough trip. Uh, anytime you have to play those on the road, now getting Tucker County at home, uh, good for Moorefield here uh, as they get set to start in, into the new year. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about Moorefield for just a moment here, just athletically. We remember the Allen Fiddler era and, and the great football teams that came there. I mean, that place became known as Fiddler Island in Wheeling, basically, for, for a long time. Some outstanding baseball players as well and baseball teams at Moorefield High School and some good basketball teams. Um, is it just we're right now maybe you know a little bit of a transition period? Uh, it's a small town. You can't just re- restock them every year. Sometimes you'll have a, a group that might struggle a little bit more than others. But uh, is this a, a situation where you're looking at a, a Moorefield team that's maybe a little bit young? Or are you just looking at a Moorefield team you kind of ride this one out and, uh, and see what the future holds? Uh, it's a pretty young team. Uh, they do have a young man who transferred in from Virginia. He is um, very athletic. His name is Varsity Bright. Um, played a couple uh, football games, went down against South Harrison with a broken collarbone in, I believe, the fourth game of the year. He's done for the season. And uh, he's uh, he's averaging uh, 20 couple points a game for uh, Moorefield. But he's got a new coach, new system. So uh, I think he'll do all right. It's just, like you said, just growing pains. And, uh, you know, with these small communities, you, you just don't get a lot of people moving in. What you have is what you have. So, Exactly. Sam Blizzard, WELD Radio in Hardy County. Sam, thanks so much for calling. And we look forward to we'll, we'll talk more field basketball more throughout the course of the year as well. Sure, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, happy to have you along, too. That's Sam Blizzard moving right along on the phone lines. Craig Dutton, WRRR, that's 93R, Light Rock, St. Mary's. Uh, he covers the Blue Devils and Craig. Still haven't heard anything about our uh, you know, bowling challenge, but that'll have to happen in the summer. But um, let's talk a little about St. Mary's here. Um, you know, the, the Blue Devils uh, now one week further into the season after, again, the, the state championship run in basketball, or excuse me, in football will obviously kind of slow down a basketball season's beginning in, in many aspects, and especially in the uh, you know A and AA levels in West Virginia. It happens in AAA as well, more so than people will, will readily admit. But the St. Mary's Ball Club uh, right now in a little bit of a, a break after uh, or, uh, before tonight was in a break. Comes out of that break, though, and beats Sour Consolidated tonight. 
Uh, a little crazy there, Ryan. Uh, the, the basketball team actually had some injuries coming in tonight's game with Tyler Consolidated. Um, they pulled it through 68-61 over Tyler, and Tyler's a much, much better team than what they've had in the last few years. Uh, Bob Jones has really got the Silver Knights going. I'm sure uh, Brandon Gregory can give you a better report on what the Silver Knights have done. Their team to look out for, I could easily throw them in the mix with St. Mary's and Magnolia as big threats in the Section 2 right now, looking way far ahead. This is a long ways off from playoffs still and the postseason tournaments. But coming in tonight, they had a big break, but they had three guys injured. They had one guy who's going to come in late this season, and Cameron Miller, and they had Cameron Ekus and Evan Lamp go down. They had to bring up a boy off JV to fulfill their lineup. They only had eight players tonight. They're starting five this evening played the entire ball game. Uh, Coach Mark Barnhart did not substitute a player on that in the game tonight, and they came away with the narrow victory this evening. Um, Sam Kincaid with 26 points and the go-ahead three with about under 30 seconds to go in the ball game tonight. That forced the hand of Tyler Consolidated to try to throw up something real quick. Uh, had no, had all night they were out out rebounding the Blue Devils. You know, based on how tired the Blue Devils were, Knights had depth. And we're able to stay in the ball game. Knights is a team, even though at three and four now, uh, they're a team that have that could easily make a run in this section. They even had a close game with Magnolia earlier this year, but they fell late in that ball game after holding on to a halftime lead. But St. Mary's and boys, they look good. You know, like you say, the hangover from winning a state championship, you're not seeing it because uh, looking at their roster, three of the boys that they were waiting for to come back from that state championship team were all your leading scores tonight. Kincaid with 26, Will Billiter 18, and Braden Barnhart with 17 points. Your seasoned basketball players in Van Zyl, Noah Van Zyl, and Chris Riggs, I'm mentioning all five because they played one heck of a ball game this evening. Uh, Van Zyl four points and Riggs with three points uh, coming into this game. Like you said, we're not seeing much of that, even though I think Coach Mark Barnhart would like to see more out of them as the season progresses. And it's not going to get any easier. They have that rematch with Ravenswood coming up on Tuesday night. <laughs> uh, St. Mary's 4-1 and one now, and Ravenswood's only loss was to St. Mary's. And, in fact, when you look back through it, that was Ravenswood's only close game to this point. So, um, you know, maybe not at the time did we realize – how big of a win that was for St. Mary's. I think it is showing up right now in terms of Ravenswood has, has pretty well handled everyone else that they have played. Craig Dutton, always a pleasure. Uh, have a happy New Year, buddy. Yeah. Oh, happy New Year as well. Real, real quick there, Ryan, mention our 1,000-point scores we had in the Valley this week. Uh, Ashley Morris at Williamstown High School, she did it at St. Mary's game earlier this week when they defeated the girls 75-70. And Kelsey Chapman at Magnolia had a thousand, was a 1,000-point scorer as well. Those are two young ladies that really need recognition. I wanted to throw out there real quick because uh, they're team leaders for both their respective girls' programs at Williamstown and Magnolia. And, of course, as always, Ryan, I enjoyed uh, each and every week to give you a report here. And glad to be on with you here at 93R as well. All right. Thanks, Craig. Right now we've got to step aside take a break. More Basketball Night in West Virginia when we come back. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. My name is Sue Smith. I'm 38 years old, and I work at a graphic design company, which is funny, because I couldn't even draw a stick figure when I was a kid. But I met someone who told me, you know what, you can do anything if you really want to. And if the teenage me were here, she'd tell you, I wouldn't be into drawing and art if it wasn't for big brothers, big sisters. Most kids from my neighborhood don't get into art. 
they get into trouble. But I was lucky because my big sister showed me early on that I didn't have to be like most people. And to the young me, that meant a lot. My big sister's name is Sheila, and Sheila is the reason that this eight-year-old grows up to have an amazing job as a graphic designer. Whether you donate money or time, you're helping big brothers, big sisters help a child. And that can last a lifetime. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council. Hey, Chris, late for swim practice, no? Uh, I decided it wasn't really my thing. But you liked swimming. And with your grades down last semester, at least it could help with college. Oh, some kid, Frank, came by. I knocked on your door, but you didn't answer. Hey, where are your new sneakers? Oh, I forgot them at school. Well, you seem to be forgetting a lot lately. The signs are there. So is our help. For advice on coping with teen drug use, visit the partnership at drugfree.org. We all share a common journey. We wanted to serve our country and protect the things we love. But for some of us, coming home was more of a challenge than we expected. In the service, we had each other's backs. But as veterans, it can sometimes feel like we're all alone. For confidential support, call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat at VeteransCrisisLine.net or text 838-255. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Final hour of the program, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville with you. We're going to talk with our standout athlete of the week, Chandler Stacy, in just a moment. But first, let's get a check on our BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores, look no more. The holiday roundup right here for BasketballNight.com. Let's take a look at the girls' side. South Charleston, the Black Eagles fall in double overtime to Buchanan Upshur, the Lady Buccaneers. Get a victory, 76-69. Gilmore County, the Lady Titans, 49. Nicholas County, 43. Gilmore County claims the Summers, Summersville Holiday Invitational. North Marion, the Huskies, they head south to Disney, but get a win over a northern team, Middletown South, New Jersey. North Marion, 70. Middletown, 54. Winfield, the Lady Generals, 53. Philip Barber, 44. Also on the girls' side, Berkeley Springs with a big win, 63-33 over Hancock, Maryland. Frontier, Ohio, 54. Ritchie County, 42. Parkersburg, the Lady Big Reds fall to Parkersburg South, 78-69. The Lady Patriots with the victory. Charleston Catholic comes from behind, gets a 64-62 win over Parkersburg Catholic. And the RCB Eagles, Robert C. Bird Eagles, 70. The Lady Bearcats of Grafton, 38. Joe, you got to look at the boys' side. It was the Crusaders of Parkersburg Catholic over Shady Springs, 55-53. It was Winfield over Nicholas County, 62-61. Fort Fry, Ohio over Wirt County, 86-38. That was in the Marietta Holiday Tournament. It was the Mavericks of James Monroe over the Princeton Tigers, 69 54. It was the Sissonville Indians over Oak Hill, 
88 or 80 to 55. That was in the West Banco Holiday Tournament. It was Tug Valley over Union City, Tennessee in the uh, Carolina Invitational, 65-48. It was Irving, California, the Vaqueros over North Marion, 61-54. That game was in Orlando, Florida. It was the Valley Greyhounds over Sherman tonight, 51-49. It was Williamstown over Belfry, Ohio, 63-59. Doddridge County fell to Lincoln County tonight, 56-46. It was Southern that fell to Oak Glen tonight, 75-62. It was East Hardy falling to McDonough, or Maryland, 65-57. It was the St. Mary's Blue Devils over Tyler Consolidated, 68-61. Morgantown, the Mohegans over the Polar Bears of Fairmont Senior, 58-47. It was the University Hawks over Allegheny, Maryland tonight, 78-48. The Patriots of George Washington defeated Hurricane tonight, 88-48. It was Musselman over Woodgrove, Virginia, 66-46. It was Point Pleasant over Eastern Reedsville tonight. That score was 75-45. The Skyhawks of Scott fell to Herbert Hoover, 54-42. South Charleston fell to Huntington tonight, 55-59. It was Wheeling, the Maroon Knights, over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 60-58. Wheeling Park fell to Union Local, Ohio, 55-47. The Buffalo Bisons fell to the Wahama Falcons tonight, 58-46. It was the Charleston Catholic Irish over Riverside, 48-40. Ritchie County over Frontier, Ohio, 67-57. It was First Love Christian over Woodrow Wilson, 73-60. One and it was the Rowland County team, uh, Rowland County, Kentucky, over Chapmanville, 72-64. And that's a look at your basketball basketballnight.com scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. We'll get to Chandler Station, our standout athlete of the week, in just a moment. But before we do that, it is now time for the unveiling of our latest power ratings. Marcus Constantino is with us now as he continues to create new ways to share the program from different perspectives on the fly. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Marcus, now we're another weekend, a lot more data into the system, and the numbers uh, a little bit different, getting to add some teams in now that we have more numbers for. That's right, and just uh, for those tuning in for the first time and didn't hear the explainer last week, uh, the power ratings this year using the same formula, but we're only uh, considering games between WVSSAC teams. So uh, some of your uh, Eastern Panhandle, Northern Panhandle teams who play a lot of you know out-of-state teams, uh, some of those teams are starting to uh, pop into the into the power rating this week uh, you know we're starting to uh, to get a better perspective at uh, where people are at uh, where teams are at right now and, and as the season keeps going on of course we'll get more games you know into the computer uh, and, and it'll all come into focus a little bit better and Marcus these numbers will all be on basketballnight.com a little bit later on but right now grand reveal yeah 
right now, I can tell you the girls AAA basketballnight.com power ratings. Huntington in the number one spot with a uh, 889 rating. South Charleston coming in at number two. Buchanan Upshur, the Buccaneers at number three. Greenbrier East uh, number four. And Parkersburg South number five in the basketballnight.com AAA girls power ratings. Moving down into AA. North Marion takes the top spot with a 9 75 rating number one in girls double a bluefield moves up to number two winfield coming in at number three frankfurt coming in fourth and fairmont senior coming in at number five in the girls double a power ratings and moving down to single a girls st joe uh, taking the first spot willing central catholic is number two tulsa coming in at number three gilmer county takes the number four spot and the tucker county mountain lions are coming in at number five moving over into boys power ratings basketballnight.com power ratings university number one morgantown coming in uh, just uh, three points below at number two capital uh, is at number three greenbrier east fourth and musselman Number five, moving to double A boys. Bluefield takes number one, Mingo Central, coming in at number two, just a point below Bluefield. Fairmont Senior comes in at number three, Philip Barber at number four, and North Marion coming in at number five. And boys, double A, moving down to single A. Fayetteville comes in at number one, Willing Central. Uh, comes in at the second spot, Notre Dame at number three, St. Mary's, the Blue Devils, coming in at number four, and Madonna, the Blue Dons, are number five in the BasketballNight.com boys' single-A power ratings. Do you have another announcement about the power ratings? Yes, we do. We'll actually be doing the power ratings twice every week from here on out. We've partnered up with our friend Brandon Lowe on our affiliate 950 WBES. Brandon Lowe is the host of the Brandon Lowe Show uh, weekdays uh, from 5 to 6 on 950 WBES. And Brandon will actually be revealing the midweek power ratings um, on his show, again, it's from 5 to 6. He'll be revealing those on the Wednesday show um, every week starting next week. So uh, you can tune in to that at uh, 950 um, WBES. They also stream their show online, um, rsnsports.com, uh, 95thesportsfox.com. And, of course, we'll have those ratings uh, as well as tonight's ratings online. You can get them all the time at basketballnight.com. Thanks so much, Marcus. A lot of time and effort goes into that. Joe, you want to crunch the numbers for that? Wow. <laughs> Marcus, great job. I, I know there's a lot of work that goes in it, and, and I call him, his new nickname is Glue. He's kind of the glue that holds this whole program together. So, but great job on the uh, power rankings. Yeah, Thank and, you, Joe. And, uh, Joe, again, with, with these power ratings, it's important to note that, again, this is just – at this point, you look at a school such as Gilmer's, Gilmer County's girls, and you know some might think that they're better than what they're rated. And as time goes, I, there's a good chance that they will prove that. But this is where they currently stand in our power ratings for right now. Exactly. I mean, a couple things to you know consider and keep in mind. Number one, it is against West Virginia opponents, WSSAC opponents, and number two. 
you know, a lot of these schools are playing in holiday tournaments. They're, they're out of town, out of state. So, you know, I think once we get into the first or second week in January, we'll start seeing a little more consistently week to week on these ratings. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Yep, thank you, Ryan. All right, and let's go right now to our standout athlete of the week. He is a senior at Spring Valley High School. He helped the Timberwolves make it to Wheeling for the first time in football as a member of the Timberwolves. And right now they're doing something that's a little bit different. They're getting their basketball legs under them during the season. And that's a factor. We'll talk to them about that as well. He is Chandler Stacy. He is our standout athlete of the week. And first off, Chandler, congratulations on being this week's BasketballNight.com standout athlete of the week. Uh, thank you very much for having me and for recognizing me as your standout athlete of the week. Carnegie Mellon. Carnegie Mellon. Tell me about, first, before we get too far, Carnegie. why, why Carnegie Mellon? Uh, well, I haven't actually made the decision on fully committing there yet, but definitely a school that I want to apply to. And the goal I set for myself last year was to get accepted there and at least have the option of attending that school. So if everything works out, Hopefully I can go there, but it's kind of their, I think they're known for people doing extraordinary things and any other element and doing things that haven't been done before, and that's kind of what I want to do. Well, Chandler, with the the football team making the Super 6, that delayed basketball practice for several of your teammates and for you as well, and has it been different trying to get your basketball legs under you as the season is going along versus having a couple of weeks before that first game? Yeah, um, main thing is we kind of missed the introductory period and we missed you know, the time where everybody's getting their shots back and getting back into shape. So we had to kind of do a little extra work in a different time of year. So it was, it was a little different, but I mean, we still a blessing what happened in football and we're excited to do that. So, and, and absolutely worth, worth every minute of it too. Uh, I know having followed uh, how that team was was doing, uh, definitely a special year for the, for a football program and one that will be remembered for a long time as well. Um, your most recent game was a, was a was a difficult one. Parkersburg South is a very tough team. You made the trip up um, to take on the Patriots uh, earlier this week. Fall in that game, eighty three sixty three. And uh, is that one of those games that maybe – and I'm not saying this in a way that you would say, you know, look at somebody else and say this in a disparaging manner, but would you maybe want that game again later in the year when you've, when you've had a little, just a few more games under your belt to, to take on that type of team? Oh, definitely. I mean, can't really use time as an excuse for anything, but um, it was just – I'd love to get, get back at those guys again. It's, I'm not really uh, – happy with losing anyone so any, anytime we can play someone twice and try and get them again that's a good feeling hey chandler uh congratulations on being the athlete of the week uh what do you attribute uh, the ability that you you play multiple sports obviously you're involved in a lot of activities outside of athletics as well but uh, i gotta think time management's probably uh, pretty important uh, to you and uh, being able to manage all your activities uh yeah it's, i try and really organize myself with the things I do with school and sports and also try and have a lot of trying to focus on free time where I'm not focusing on something that's so serious and so stressful just kind of relax hang on my friends my family 
try and do that as much as I can because I feel that that's just as important as anything else. Hey, Chandler, Joe Linville here. You were talking about, uh, we were talking, Ryan mentioned about Carnegie Mellon. When when you're looking at college, when you're looking at going to, you know, that next step in your life, are you looking more toward academics or athletics? Um, I haven't really, that's kind of part of the decision I'm in the middle of making. I haven't really decided if I want to play football in college or even basketball. I haven't really, haven't came to a full conclusion on that, but just kind of, I try and, I'm trying to do a little bit of everything, just keep my options open. I don't really know what I want to do yet, and I don't know what I'm going to want to do when I make that decision. So just keep my options open with the ability to do everything. Well, Chandler, we congratulate you on being this week's Standout Athlete of the Week. We wish you and your teammates at Spring Valley High School the best of luck throughout the remainder of this season. And obviously wish you the best of luck as well as you start to hone in on uh, your future as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thanks again for recognizing me as a standout athlete of the week. All right, thanks so much. That's Chandler Stacy of Spring Valley High School. You know, it must be nice to have to decide between athletics and, and, and academics. academics. Yeah, and, 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 let, and let's be honest, too. He's in a situation where he's going to be choosing between athletic, then academic, but still heavily academics, or just all in academics. And uh you know, it's nice to have options. Well, I'll tell you, the options are there because he's uh, took care of uh, the classroom. Uh, that's a great message to go out. Uh, the standout athletes, I think, that we've selected, uh, the committee has selected uh, for this program have really exemplified uh, all the things that make a student athlete. I think many times people don't realize that the uh, the student part can really set you up. Chandler Stosey, obviously a very talented athlete. Another side note to go along with that, it, it jumped into my mind, he's a multi-sport uh, athlete. Uh, just encourage. I know we got that message out there last year. I was reading this week, Urban Meyer, I think 50, 42 of 47 uh, of the recruits that are on their radar over the next couple of years are multi-sport athletes. I think sometimes uh, when kids get pigeonholed into to one uh, sport, uh, they miss out on a lot of the experiences as well as the skills and the development that comes from multiple sports. Chandler Stacely, a great example of that. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's uh, sometimes, and I was listening to, there was a lot of talk about that very thing this past week. And one of them was, you know, you tend to kids who are uh, narrowed down into one sport and not necessarily by their own choosing tend to kind of be socially. Uh, closed off a little bit because they don't have those other experiences with their teammates the rest of the year and you know they're working on their individual ability roughly three quarters of the year and then on a team uh on a specific team only a a few months and it tends to create what they were calling a social isolation problem as well so uh, and not to get too deep into that but that's something that hey you, you have to consider everything when it comes to this and and definitely that's why multi-sport, if you want to play more than one sport, if, I mean, if you don't want to play more than one right, sport, right. Don't, don't just throw <laughs> yourself out there. But, uh, you know, definitely it's something that for any, any young athlete who's out there listening who has interest in more than just one sport, by all means, participate while you can because You're not I'll, tell you from experience, <laughs> I'll tell you from experience, there comes a day when the things you want to do hurt. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Suddenly, you just don't want to. It's not you. You start to weigh 
is that game of pickup basketball <laughs> worth the amount of soreness I'm going to feel the next day? And I'll be honest with you, you get to a point where one day the answer is no. That's exactly right. And it's a sad day, but it happens. <laughs> hey, so, Ron, wait till you get, uh, you know, you got grandkids or the local neighborhood kids and you get in a pickup game, and then the next day you wonder, why did I do that? <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. That's, that's a you know, sobering thought right there. We're going to stop aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll tell you how West Virginia's longest basketball win streak came to an end. And we'll let you hear it as well. When Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Have a good day at work, honey. Remember, Billy has his first baseball game today. I'll be there. Wouldn't miss it for the world. Hey, Mike, watch out for vehicles today because we weren't able to close off all traffic for the stretch of road we're resurfacing today. Tis the season for roadway construction, and according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, on average, negligent drivers cause 115 fatal occupational injuries at road construction sites per year. So, when you come across the orange cones and flashing lights, remember to slow down. Let's make certain our construction workers get home safe, so Mike can catch Billy's first baseball game. Hey, Dad! You made it! You made it! You made it! Keep your eye on the ball. This safe driving message has been brought to you by your friends at WMUL-FM. Did you know that many people who are infected with STDs show no symptoms? When left untreated, STDs can spread back and forth between partners. If your partner has recently been diagnosed with an STD, make sure you get tested too. Talk with your health care provider about STDs and testing. Visit gytnow.org to find an STD testing location near you. Remember, all STDs are treatable and most are curable. A message from CDC. I got smart about mortgages. Now it's my house I go home to. I got smart about credit cards. Now paper or plastic has a whole new meaning. When it comes to your money, whatever you want to get smart about, you can find it at smartaboutmoney.org. Smartaboutmoney.org is a free online resource from the National Endowment for Financial Education. We're an independent nonprofit foundation dedicated to helping people just like you get sound information about money. Smartaboutmoney.org. It's the easy place to start when you want to get smart celebrating high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts coach rick marone and ryan epling it is 11.20 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, December 30th edition. Final one of 2016, New Year's around the corner. Hey, I got all of that, all of that <laughs> right. figured out what Nailed day it was. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, again, Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Joe Linville, happy to have you along on the program tonight as we start the countdown toward the beginning of the countdown. We're almost to New Year's Eve. And, you know, we're working on uh, getting a, a guest right now that, that I, I want to have as part of this. But, uh, Rick, one of the, I think, under-notarized win streaks in recent years in West Virginia came to an end in a, kind of an abrupt fashion 
over the course of the last week. Yeah, I tell you what, Ryan, uh, of course, a magical run last year for Morgantown's uh, boys team, and uh, they continued rolling on with uh, the win streak that, like you said, uh, the tops in West Virginia. And I tell you, I, I don't really know how you kind of wrap around. Not only did the streak end, but the way it ended, and like you said, we're going to share that with our listeners uh, in very dramatic fashion, just uh, adds to the intrigue. But Morgantown bounces back tonight against A top-ranked Fairmont senior and, and gets a win. Morgantown lost some good players. Fairmont senior has some really good players back, <laughs> and you know, Morgantown looks like they're still really good. Really good, and uh, you mentioned bounce back. That's what I always like to look at is someone that loses, whether it's a streak or whether it's a, a big rivalry game, what do they do next? And that shows a lot of moxie out of that uh, team to be able to bounce back. That's a huge rivalry. It's a Big Ten rivalry. Uh, in that Morgantown area, and uh, you know, with Fairmont, uh, you know, coming out of the Big Ten, uh, you know, uh, getting uh, a loss really uh, as a top-ranked team in Double A. We know last year, of course, uh, Fairmont, Polka. There were a few teams in the top in Double A. That's a huge win for Morgantown, I think, to bounce back. There was also a dramatic finish that we'll talk about more a little bit later on uh, as well in, in Mason County. And a team that suddenly has a flair for the dramatic. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're talking about two games that they've had that threes at the buzzer have directly affected the outcome of those games. And we're talking about Point Pleasant. We'll talk more about them uh, in a couple of moments. But, uh, Joe, some interesting things that you see across the time. You watch enough basketball, you think you'll see just about everything, right? Exactly. But, you know, going back to this loss, you know, We've talked about it before. Sometimes you need a loss to wake up your team. You know, you get you get overconfident. You go into these ball games just thinking, you know, automatically we're going to win, and your and your players may you know start slacking. But you know, a lot of times a loss is a good thing for a program. I'm just waiting on the go ahead. Well, right now. one thing too, uh, real quick, I'm going to thank our Dave, yeah, our listeners, uh, James Beckman. Uh, he's front and center tonight. We got an East Fairmont jersey out front. Uh, we like the swag. Uh, uh, we have a new addition. We appreciate Coach Beckman. He does a lot for basketball uh, across the state, and right there, front and center, the the bees. And also a big help to us at basketballnight.com. And you know, he 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 is one of many coaches we know that. That watches, listens to this show uh, a lot. You know, I've already, we've already heard from one coach who is going to instruct a, uh, you know, going to try to call a timeout the next time there's a somebody has two hands on the ball on a loose ball on the floor, and uh, someone from the other team has one. And they're trying to get a jump ball. So uh, we've already had that. We have a lot of fun on this show, though, and, and it is a big thanks to you guys. And again, the way you can join us eight five five seven eight hoops. That is eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven or at hoops underscore roundup on Twitter, basketballnight.com as well. Dave Wilson, WAJR, is the voice of the Morgantown Mohegans. He joins us now. And Dave, earlier this week, you know what? Let's start with tonight. Let's start with tonight <laughs> before we get back, before we go back a day. Uh, Morgantown defeats Fairmont Senior tonight, 58-47. And uh, a nice win for Morgantown, and we'll explain why after we talk about a, a win over a very good Polar Bear Ball Club. Yeah, I actually, coming into this game, Ryan, kind of gave the edge to Fairmont Sr. Uh, coming into the ball game. Morgantown, defending AAA state champs, lost a lot from last year's 
team. You know, no more Kenzie Melko, no more Stephen Solomon, uh, Antonio Morgano. Lost four starters off that team. They're young. They're very talented. And I was co- talking to Coach Dave Tallman this week, and I said, you know, young ball players that are frustratingly optimistic. It's frustratingly optimistic to coach them because at times they look really good, and they can turn around a day later, a quarter later, a play later, and make mistakes that just you know drive coaches up the wall. So it's a young ball club, but they played a good game tonight, especially the senior Nicky Solomon. He had 23 points, and in the second half, when you want your seniors, your leaders to step up, he did that for that team, uh, driving to the basket, getting to the foul line, and being able to maintain about a nine-point margin throughout most of the second half against the Polar Bears. All right, now, now let, that's 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 setting up now. Before before we do the setup for why this was a, a nice bounce back win, our, our guys in the back, do we have the clip ready? From okay, from last okay, we do. So let's set this up real fast. Morgantown last night, Dave, uh, taking on Kennedy Catholic from Pennsylvania. Game was tied at sixty four late, and now we join the call from WAJR and Dave Wilson. One second left. Half court shot is up. The score. Kennedy hits it from beyond half court. And Channing Phillips ends Morgantown's winning streak at 31. That was a desperation shot, and it fell. Video courtesy of WDTV. Dave, Kennedy Catholic wins on a half-court shot to end the streak. That was a that was a tough way for that streak to end. Yeah, it was a tough way. Now, Kennedy is a very good basketball team. In fact, uh, played right with Paul the Sixth, a private school out of Fairfax, Virginia, that's been ranked nationally this year. Uh, played with them tonight in, in a tournament, in Morgantown. Last night's game, Ryan, it, it was a back and forth game, and it came down to the wire. Morgantown has a chance to win it. With 40 seconds left, uh, Kennedy turns it over. Morgantown gets the ball, playing for the final shot, and they put it in the hands of Nicky Solomon. Uh, he was trying to split two defenders to get to the rim and got called for a travel on the way there. So turnover, four seconds left. We're all preparing. You know, this game's going to overtime. Morgantown really defended the play well. The inbounds pass got tipped away from the player that Kennedy was trying to get the ball to. And here maybe is where that young team sophomores and juniors comes in the ball's loose on the floor and nobody did anything with it there's Channing Phillips he picks it up maybe six feet behind the half court line and just threw it up it wasn't that wasn't a shot right he threw that ball up and it was it's twist it went right through it didn't bank in it didn't bounce in I mean it hit dead center in the middle of the rim and it was kind of a it was a heartbreaker now that's a 31-game win streak. Obviously, they went undefeated a year ago. If Morgantown was going to lose at some point, I'm sure, this year. But that was just a, a tough way to lose one last night. You know, a gentleman that we both know by the name of Dr. Chuck Bailey, who does a good job at WMUL and teaching students about <laughs> broadcasting, would say, never make it about yourself. I'm curious. Is that the best ending or maybe maybe the most sudden ending to a game you've ever called? Uh it's right up there. It was sudden because I wasn't expecting it, especially when I saw the ball get tipped away. In my mind, all right, they're going to throw this up. It's going to clink off the backboard. We're going to go to overtime. And it just it just hit dead center right there. So it, it was very sudden. There was a girls game once, actually, 
And I swear to you, the girl had her eyes closed when she turned around and just threw a ball at the rim and hit a three to win by one at the buzzer. So uh, it, it ranks right up there. It, it was a lot of fun. And it was a great game. You know, Ryan, sometimes you have great finishes, but it's not necessarily a good game that led to that finish. <laughs> that was a basketball game last night. Dave Wilson also hosted the Stampede podcast we uh dave doesn't necessarily know this because uh he just puts the show together and and, and sends it out but, but rick marone hosts a show during the fall uh a football show about the wayne county schools and it is immediately followed by the stampede on on wfgh rick marone can never remember the name of the show it is a two-word title and the first word is the but I remember Dave's name. I always give Dave credit, but it's either the Stampede or the Marshall Report. Uh, so I apologize, Dave, in advance, but Ryan's going to make me write it on my hand, so next year you'll get proper billing. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. you got to keep them straight down. Dave, always taking care of your affiliates. <laughs> hey, that's Dave Wilson, WAJR Radio. Dave, Happy New Year, buddy. Hey, Happy New Year to you guys, too. And, uh, uh, hey, keep up the good work. I heard you're on in the big city of St. Mary's now, so uh, keep up the good work down there, guys. We have made it, by the way, and, and Dave Wilson. And before we <laughs> let Dave go, before we let Dave go, one more that reminds me, Dave is a St. Mary's alum. Uh, actually, watched Dave play football without knowing it at the time um, when I was a sophomore in high school for the first time. Uh, long first ago, time. the first. <laughs> <laughs> These are why word placement's important. The first time I saw Dave play, I was a sophomore in high school. He was playing football for St. Mary's. Wayne and St. Mary's played this random game in Wayne. But St. Mary's, and they, they played the, the, the next year in St. Mary's as well on what was one of the most, most unique stadiums. I miss it. But um, nonetheless, uh, St. Mary's getting that state title. And Dave, as an alum, I know you're proud of, of that. And congratulations on that, too, because I know you were a part of that program. You put blood, sweat, and tears into that program. And uh, I know it's a good feeling as an alum to to see the the school you walked across the stage for win a title. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling, you know. And uh, it, been friends with Jody Moat for a long time uh, from when I was growing up. And, you know, you talk about people winning championships and these coaches couldn't happen to a better guy, a guy that you know, pours his heart and soul into the program. So. It was fun to actually get to go as a fan. I don't get to do that very often, get to go to the game as a fan and enjoy it and uh, run into a bunch of people. So uh, thanks a lot. I don't know if that means I get a ring or not. <laughs> I'll just one later, maybe. Uh, I know some schools you probably get one. But anyway, nonetheless, Dave, enjoy it. Have a good time, as always. Uh, Calling Morgantown Basketball. And, uh, again, that's Dave Wilson, WAJR Radio in Morgantown and a proud St. Mary's High School alum as well. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back with more basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Hey, man, I like that jacket. Thanks. I worked overtime to save up the money to get it. I know you did, man. I barely saw you last month. But look, it's getting cold out here. Let's head to the bus stop. Yeah, you're right. Let's go. Look at that guy over there. I know he has to be cold. It's been snowing all day, man. I'd hate to be him. Who? That homeless guy? Yeah, but there's the bus, man. We need to hurry up. Go ahead. I'll be there in a sec. I need to do something first. Sir. 
Excuse me. Sir. Here's a coat for you, sir. You need it more than I do. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. How can I repay you? That's not necessary, sir. But I'm late for the bus. You have a nice day. When selfishness ends, everyone wins. Kindness. Pass it on. This message is brought to you by your friends at 88.1 WMUL-FM. Nearly all victims of shaken baby syndrome suffer serious health consequences, and at least one out of every four babies who are violently shaken dies from this form of child abuse. Anyone, from parents to caregivers to bystanders, can do something to help. Tell everyone about the dangers of shaking a baby and what to do if they become angry, frustrated, or upset. Visit www.cdc.gov injury to learn about shaken baby syndrome and ways to prevent it. A message from CDC. Would you believe that someone could go in for cancer treatment and end up infected with hepatitis C? I'm Evelyn McKnight, and that's what happened to me. Because a healthcare worker reused a syringe during my chemotherapy. This should never happen, but in fact thousands of people have been exposed to serious infections because of unsafe injections. Don't let it happen to you. Learn what questions to ask your health care provider to protect your health or even save your life. To find out more, go to oneandonlycampaign.org. Do it today. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Always uh, a lot of fun just to catch up with the people that we've run across through various stages of you know how we got to where we are sitting here in Huntington, West Virginia, hosting a statewide radio show with an East Fairmont jersey in front of us, a Bluefield jersey behind us, a Spring Valley jersey, a Princeton jersey, a guy in Valley shirt. I mean, you know, it's just a, a Parkersburg South shirt as well. It's just, you know, sometimes you, you, you take a look back at the journey, and Dave Wilson was part of the journey. I actually went to his wedding uh, nine years ago. Hmm. Uh-oh, Dave. Ryan <laughs> goes back a long ways with a lot of people. <laughs> jo- Joe's starting to catch on to this. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. We had a guest host here, what, a couple of weeks ago. and you know, <laughs> I knew him, too. I've known him since 1999. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Joe's just catching on to the fact that really this show has become just my friends and I. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just we, we, we've, we've made a lot of friends through this program as well. But, uh, guys, great finishes. We talked about that Morgantown game. And uh, earlier this year, if you'll recall, uh, we had a finish of a game between Point Pleasant and Gallia Academy, Ohio, where Point Pleasant hit a three at the buzzer to force overtime, and then Point Pleasant beat them in overtime, beat the Blue Devils in overtime. Well, probably Point Pleasant's number two rival in, in, in basketball right now would be Wahama, county rival. And earlier this week... Um, Great ball game up in Mason, West Virginia, the town of Mason. And it was uh, Point Pleasant getting the win. The game was tied at the very end. And Cameron Long hits a three from the right wing as time expires to give the Big Blacks the victory. And that one, Point Pleasant, guys, is 7-1, and one, living on the edge. But they're there. <laughs> 
Yeah, John Bon Jovi need not provide some background music there. I tell you what, they have been living on the edge in seven and one. I tell you what, a nice record for them to get off to the start that they've been uh, – to it. And Ryan, again, one not one of those teams that kind of gets lost in the shuffle, but they did move back to AA. I think football got all the spotlight for Point Pleasant. They've had a solid basketball program. In AAA, they kind of got caught kind of in an in-between time. They play a lot of teams out of Ohio. They're not conference-affiliated right now. But I tell you what, a nice ball club. And as you mentioned, they have pulled a couple of rabbits out of the hat, and they're rolling at 7-1. and one. And actually, as I look back at our scores, uh, Point Pleasant was behind and hit that three to beat Wahama at the buzzer by one. I'd misread that from earlier. So, yeah. uh, just a fantastic. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I, if I followed that team closer, or was a coach or connected to that team, man, I don't know. I'd have to visit the doctor or something for him and check out the. Uh, Sit, sit the old yeah, tickers stop hanging by in and get a lottery ticket maybe uh, on your uh, way to the doctor. I mean, you're, you're living right for yeah, sure. Uh, so those, are, those have been some great ball games. And, and those are the, the games we like to celebrate here mm-hmm. uh, with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Again, it's a celebration of high school basketball in the Mountain State. And, yes, we celebrate the great teams. But you know what? We celebrate the great finishes, and they're everywhere. It doesn't matter the record. You might not be having a great year, but you might have that one night that you uh, you know you step up and you, you take somebody out that, that maybe you shouldn't. I, I go back to nineteen ninety, the ninety eight ninety nine year, where and these are two schools that haven't been in existence in a long time now. Um, well, one of them hasn't been in a long time, but um, Baileysville was ranked number one. The the Rough Riders uh, out of Wyoming County, now part of Westside, uh, they they were ranked number one in Class A. Had been rolling along Gilbert had won two games in the regular season, uh, including a win at Wayne on Wayne Senior Night. I happened to be there for and on the bench for that one. But uh, n- nonetheless, um, you know, Gilbert goes into the sectional and beats Baileysville and knocks out, knocked him out right, right at the beginning. And, and, and Coach, you, don't, you just don't want to let those moments kind of just get away because those make great memories, and that's part of the entire high school experience. Yeah, I think that's exactly the experience because uh, those are the memories that you hold uh, with uh, with you as you move forward. Even if you were on the bench for that one, uh, still with you uh, on your senior night, and that's not, what, not my senior <laughs> night. Not yours. Was it your second senior year, that, or sophomore year? That, that was also my first sophomore year. Short, shortly after, I'd run across Dave Wilson for the first time. But those are the memories, Ryan, and as you mentioned, that's what makes this uh, sport great. We love it, and as you mentioned, we celebrate high school basketball because of those. And whether you're at Point Pleasant, you're at Morgantown, or wherever in between, or, or wherever, it's just exciting to follow. Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal is here. That's right. It's about 20 till, so it's cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rick joins us on the program now. And Rick for the there we go. I, was, I, I almost feel that's a desperation pull right there. <laughs> Rick, welcome to the show. Yeah, that was kind of feeble. <laughs> I don't know if calling out the guys in the back is a good good option. We're end up with live mics through random times here, and it, and, and, it, and it won't be our fault, unlike uh, other times where it has been completely our fault here. But uh, Rick, um, you know, now that the power ratings are getting along now, some of those Eastern Panhandle schools are, are qualifying for our Basketball Friday Night power ratings, and 
I mean, I hate to, yeah. to, to just say the same thing over and over again, but Musselman's undefeated after a big win over South Charleston earlier this week. Hedgesville is 7-1. and one. Jefferson is 5-1. and one. Martinsburg, 5-1. and one. They're still all really good and still all holding serve to this point in the season. And uh, basically, uh, the only one who has played any teams in West Virginia is Musselman. Which is why I guess uh, they kind of moved up into the rankings, your rankings this week. But I'll tell you what, I, you know, I look at the teams, and if I'm going to put them in a in a pecking order right now, I'm putting Musselman at the top, followed by kind of a uh, a two A and two B, Hedgesville and Martinsburg, interchangeably, and then after that. I think Spring Mills, then Jefferson, and then Washington. But Musselman right now has been uh, has been quite impressive. Uh, the win uh, the other night over South Charleston, twelve point victory, which it was eighteen points going into the last minute, and uh, Musselman put in some reserves and apparently couldn't get the ball in bounds, and South Charleston scored three quick baskets, and then. Derek Bissell returned his regular lineup in, in and basically said, Hey, guys, get the ball in bounds. That's all you need to do. Just get it in bounds. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you look at things, pe- people know that South Charleston is a known quantity. Had a, a big game with Huntington tonight. You know, another, another statewide known quantity. And I think, you know, Musselman has been to the state tournament the last couple of years. Has kind of been dispatched to the bottom of the uh, of, of the seedings because I don't think people know a whole lot about Musselman. But like I mentioned a few weeks ago, Musselman is kind of expanding whom it plays to try to get some recognition. And I think I think the victory there and I kind of did that for them a little bit. And, and absolutely nice win for Musselman and I start to the season and. Rick, as we get into the new year, I'll give you a, a chance here just off the cuff, and we don't have a whole lot of time, so, you know, surprise. But uh, I know you're, you're talented, and I think you can do this. New Year's resolutions from the Eastern Panhandle with Rick Kozlowski. you got about a minute or so. What can you come up with for us? Well, hey, I can say this. I, I want to this, this, I I say this. Ryan, I think you did have two sophomore years. One <laughs> <laughs> in college. Uh, you're correct. My first sophomore year was in high school, and my second one was in college. My third one may have been in college, too. There. So no one was really wrong when you were talking about that earlier. All right, exactly. The people give me a hard time. They just don't understand me. <laughs> That's what we're going to go with, right? We're still waiting on that New Year's resolution there, cause. Oh my! No pressure. You on the spot tonight? No pressure. I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> I've never heard him speechless oh, really? before. <laughs> hey, Ryan has accomplished something. It took four years <laughs> and a lot of hard work and effort. Yes, yes. left me speechless, left me tongue-tied. <laughs> Much like high oh, school, my. four years. Very difficult. <laughs> Crowning achievement right there. No, hey, hey, Rick, 
Uh, again, always a pleasure, though. And, um, you know, we were glad that Emily Saunders did not reject our interview request earlier tonight. Saw that on Twitter. That was a good line, That's by the way. Good. I stole Very it. Good. I totally stole that line, too. Um, I, I steal most of the good lines here from Rick. I got to say, though, I got to say, 18, 18 block shots. That is just that is just out of this world. It's extraordinary because you're looking. I mean, one eighteen, just raw number, amazing. It's a thirty-two minute game. That's more than four a quarter. Well, and 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 you know, my question is, if I'm the other team, which in this case happened to have been Martinsburg, I'm not going anywhere near where he's <laughs> playing defense. I mean, if I have to shoot it from half court, you know, make a Kennedy Christian shot. I'm sorry, Kennedy Catholic. When I used to live up that way, it was, it was Kennedy Christian. I'm shooting from half court just so she doesn't block my shot. You know, I, I might be right there with you. I, I'm, I'm, because, as she said, she's not afraid to get out on the wing either. No. She'll come get. She'll come get you. So, uh, definitely, I, I think I would try to find a way to avoid. It. Hey, Rick. Thanks again, as always, and uh, wish you a happy, happy new, new year. year. There we go. I've had trouble with what day of the week it is or month or you know, what holiday we're about to go into. So happy new year, Rick, and uh, whatever resolution you have, I hope it comes true. <laughs> yes, gentlemen. Happy new year to each of you and all of your loved ones. Uh, thank you very much. That's Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. We'll step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll have a poll question. Maybe. Um, and uh, we'll also we'll take a look at the answer to last week's poll question, following our scoreboard, and we'll wrap things up for week four of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. When we come back on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, The Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Jill, why don't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hello, my name is Jeffrey, but people in this town call me Maniac. They call me that because I'm the fastest runner in town. But just because everyone knows who I am doesn't mean I belong. I don't really belong anywhere. You see, I'm an orphan, and I wander the streets just looking for a place that I can truly call home. My name is Maniac McGee, and I'm all alone. Explore new worlds. Read my story in the novel Maniac McGee by Jerry Spinelli. 
For other great book ideas, visit your local library or log on to literacy.gov. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone and Ryan Epling. 11.49 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll get to the final scoreboard check in just a moment. But first, Seth Payne is with us now. He's got to check on not only our poll results from last week, but also our upcoming poll on basketballnight.com. All right, thanks, guys. Uh, all right, so last week's poll, uh, which uh, was which 2016 boys state champion has the best chance of repeating in 2017? Uh, Fairmont Senior came out on top with 57%, St. Joseph Central with 23%, and last, Morgantown with 20%. All right, uh, so this week's poll uh, is. Uh, do you like the basketballnight.com power ratings? I guess like can be um, open for discussion, but uh, simple yes or no is uh, what we're looking for this week. So, <laughs> All right, we'll have that posted on basketballnight.com at midnight after the show. Seth, thank you so much. Now it's time for a time for our final scoreboard. Joe, let's look at the girls' scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the ladies' side of the bracket, tonight it was the South Charleston Black Eagles falling to Buckhannon Upshur, 76-69. It was Gilmer County over Nicholas County, 49-43. North Marion over Middleton South, New Jersey, 70-54. That was a part of the Disney Tournament in Orlando, Florida. It was Winfield over Phillip Barber, 53-44. It was... um, Hancock, Maryland, falling to Berkeley Springs tonight, 63-33. It was Winfield over Phillip Barber, 53-44. Frontier, Ohio, over Ritchie County, 54-42. It was Parkersburg South over Parkersburg Big Reds, 78-69. It was Parkersburg Catholic. Uh, falling to Charleston Catholic, 64-62. to And it was the Eagles of Robert C. Bird High School over Grafton, 70-38. to Also, we had a couple of cancellations tonight. The Webster County Pocahontas game and Elkins and Tiger Valley. Those games were postponed apparently due to the weather. Now let's take a look at the boys' side of the scoreboard. Thank you very much, Joe. Boys scores tonight. Parkersburg Catholic defeats Shady Spring by a final score of 55-50. to it was Winfield, a one-point winner over Nicholas County, 62-61. Fort Fry, Ohio, defeats Work County, 86-38. Union Academy from North Carolina wins the consolation game of the West Banco Tournament at Sissonville. They defeat Wayne tonight, 88-60. In the championship game, the host Indians defeat Oak Hill, 80-55. Sissonville gets the win. The James Monroe Mavericks defeat Princeton tonight. Final score of 69-54. to It was Tug Valley picking up a win in Wilmington, North Carolina. They defeated Union City, Tennessee, 65-48. The Vaqueros of Irvine High School in California. That's, by the way, a cowboy. Or. Yeah, or a uh, 
cattle wrestler. There you go, a cattle wrestler. I think the, I think the, the cattle wrestlers of Irvine. Uh, they beat North Marion tonight in the Disney tournament. Uh, the cattle driver, by the way. Uh, 61-54 was the final in that one. The Valley Greyhounds defeat Sherman. 51-49, the tide falls in a tough game in Montgomery. It was Williamstown over Belprey, Ohio, 63-59. Lincoln County defeats Doddridge County, 56-46. Oakland over Southern Garrett, Maryland, by a score of 75-62. It was McDonough, Maryland, over East Hardy, 65-57. St. Mary's beats Tyler Consolidated tonight, 68-61. The Blue Devils go with the Ironman 5 tonight. Only five players played. Morgantown bounces back from its first loss in 31 games. The Mohegans defeat Fairmont Senior tonight by a score of 58-47 in the Constellation game of the Morgantown Tournament. University defeats Allegheny, Maryland, 78-48. George Washington, a 40-point winner over Hurricane, 88-48. Musselman defeats the Wolverines of Woodgrove, Virginia, 66-46. The Appleman get the victory of the Point Pleasant Knights. Ah, finally, not, not one that comes down the wire. 75-45 winners over Reedsville Eastern Eagles out of Ohio. Herbert Hoover defeats Scott, 54-42. Nitro, a 75-74 win over Nitro, over St. Albans. Nitro keeps bragging rights in the battle for the bridge. Huntington overcomes a 15-point deficit to defeat South Charleston tonight. 59-56 the final score from the South Charleston Rec Center. It was Wheeling Central defeating St. Clairsville, Ohio. The Maroon Knights, a 60-58 a to 58 winner over the Red Devils. Also tonight, Union Local Ohio defeats Wheeling Park, 55-47. Wahama defeats Buffalo, 58-46. It was Charleston Catholic over Riverside, 48-40. Ritchie County beats Frontier, Ohio, 67-57. First Love Christian over Woodrow Wilson tonight, 73-61. And... It was the Vikings of Rowan County, Kentucky, defeating the Chapmanville Regional Tigers, 72-64 in the Sunshine Classic. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Before we get too far along here, Joe, you know, Rowan County is like Moorhead, Kentucky, just, just a little ways down I-64. Chapmanville went all the way to where again? Daytona Beach, yeah. Florida, to play yeah. Rowan County. Could have met in Huntington. Met in Charleston. <laughs> yeah, would have been a lot closer. <laughs> a lot colder, too. But that is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. You can get all the scores at basketballnight.com. Also, hoops underscore roundup on Twitter. Uh, those get tweeted out every night. And it was three boys uh, games canceled tonight or postponed. Tiger Valley and Elkins, Kaiser and Tucker County, and Independence and Wyoming East were all postponed. We were certainly concerned that there would be more than that, but there were not. Rick, your thoughts after week four of boys basketball in the fifth week of girls basketball in the Mountain State. A lot of things coming into shape. I'll tell you what, uh, starting next week, a lot of teams get into conference play. Everybody's pretty much back in – in state, a lot of the trips and all that is behind you. So I think things will start to really shake out uh, that first, uh, second week of uh, January because, uh, you know, 
I know I don't want to blow anybody's mind. We're just now turning the calendar over. But next week, when you get in the first week of January, you're about five to six weeks out from girls' sectionals. <laughs> and I know it seems like we just got started, but it really goes quickly. And uh, we want to say a big thank you to all of our uh, listeners and those people that contribute to the program as we do get ready to wish them a happy and merry New Year. <laughs> our 19 radio affiliates throughout the Mountain State that make up the Fast Break Sports Network. And, um, you know, from all over all over all over the place but uh joe now we're kind of and rick was kind of hinting at this and that you're getting out of the portion of schedule you have a lot of holiday tournaments you're getting out of the holidays christmas and new year's it it happens every year it's nothing new happens about december 25th (laughs) and january 1st of every year but it does tend to interrupt the flow of basketball season but again it's built in everybody's aware but like rick said after the new year after you get past the holidays, you really start to see uh, teams start to shape up and, and the picture starts to become a little more clear. Yeah, I call it getting into the meat of the season. I mean, like you said, you know, and these kids, my hat's off to these coaches that, that are able to take these kids out of state because, you know, it's a lot of times first time out of state or tra- to travel that far for a lot of these kids. And it's a, it's a great experience and it's memories that they will make for a lifetime. Rick, the pizza is here. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you've been a busy man. I bet you're a hungry man. Play play. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I just lost all all train of thought right there again because I saw food come in. And guys, it's been a, it's been a rough day from a standpoint of just a lot of things to do. It's a busy time of year for everyone, though. And, and Coach Marone, obviously, you just made a trip from Tennessee last week and came up and did the show, too. So who am I to complain, right? <laughs> yeah, and I uh, still blocked Bo Anderson's shot. So yeah. it's all a good year, and we'll turn the page. I'm sure that story will grow and as it goes time by. Ryan has to be in work in four hours, you know. So <laughs> i got to be in Logan at 930 to host a basketball show over there in the morning. So busy, busy, busy. Hey, and it's something that we enjoy or we wouldn't do it. Absolutely. And we do it because we enjoy it. We're all volunteers here. That's going to do it for the last show of 2016. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia comes back next week, 2017. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.